Welcome, everybody, to Stirring the Pot, episode 11. My name is RJ, and alongside me I have... Gabe. Connor. Andrew. Cameron. We have everybody on for college football, and boys, we made it to conference championship weekend. Oh, baby. Who's excited? Because I know I am. I feel like everybody's excited. I mean, this is kind of... It does signify coming to the close of a what a wonderful college football season. It's been absolutely amazing, but I mean, it leads us up to these incredible games that are to come. It's going to be bowl season soon, which I'm really looking forward to. But it's, I mean, it's Christmas time. It's bowl season. It's college football coming to a close. I'm really looking forward to it. Speaking into that, getting close to the Christmas season, we got snow on the ground. I mean, how do we feel about snow back? What, did we get it yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago. That's when it started? The yeah. only good thing about snow is I don't have to go to my morning classes, which is all my classes. That's, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're lucky. You get, What is it? What do you have every morning? At eight th- I have the earliest schedule you can have. So I have an 8.30 <laughs> and a not whatever. It's like an 8.30 and whatever class is immediately after the 8.30, I have every single day. Dude, that's horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, the earliest class I have is at 10 a.m., man. I'm just, I'm having a great life. It's I'm just, next semester. I'm just chilling, exactly. Let's see. So, um, who are we going to start with here? Who wants to take the first uh, dib into conference championship weekend? Can I, can I, oh, you wait. Off? Oh, yeah. Hold yes. on. Before we do All this, right. we so, saved it for on air this time. Yes, we did. All right. So, I have a little weekly thing. I grab a monster once a week. And I do the one-handed crack right into the mic, so y'all get y'all get to hear the ASMR with this. All right, y- y'all ready? Let's I get n- it. I know RJ waits for this. Oh, anyway. let's do it. Wow, it's bowl season. What a beauty! What a beauty! Wow, what what a way to kick off bowl season. I I can't wait. I'm excited. Andrew, kick us off. Let's get this gr- just great conference championship coverage started. Well, the uh, Big Ten featuring 12-0 second-ranked Michigan and 16th-ranked 10-2 Iowa. Of course, Michigan is heavily favored, 92.6% win percentage, and favored by 22 points. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, God. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Michigan coming off a 30-24 win, moving up a spot. And um, when you take a look at the stats, there's an interesting one to me. Blake Corum has 202 carries for 976 yards. Iowa starting quarterback Deacon Hill has 97 pass completions for 976 yards. Yeah, that's not including J.J.'s already 2,500 passing yards. This Iowa offense is something else. I don't think there needs to be much analysis done. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean to tell me... Is Cade still the leading passer on the team? No, it's Deacon Hill now. Oh, it is? Yeah, he just threw for like 300 the other day. I was going to say. Thank God. Iowa fighting and uh, clawing their way to 10 wins, but I think we all know where this is going. It's going to be a Michigan blowout. It's a matter of how much. I'd love to see Iowa win as a biased Iowa fan, but it's just tough. A lot of injuries sustained, and Torrey Taylor is going to have a busy night. Give me the hog now. No. No, 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 no. I don't think anyone who is sober or in any kind of right mind would take Iowa. It's Even I wouldn't. Even in my upset-seeking mind, I just yeah. you, no one can take Iowa here. They don't have an yeah. offense, and Michigan looked really good last week against Ohio State. I'm not going to lie. The loss did sting, um, but, I mean, the better team won the game, I think. And Michigan's defense is something really special, and I think that's what's going to carry them against this Iowa team. Well, you know what this means for Iowa, though? 
it's going to be a Taylor showcase for them. Oh, God. <laughs> the punting is going to be ridiculous on that side. And, Andrew, to remind everybody, what is your quote about punting? Punting is winning. Punting is winning. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. The part I worry about the most, like in the Penn State game, I think if I'm right, of course, Iowa had under 100 yards of total offense. <laughs> Their defense was on the field for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Insane. That's horrible. <laughs> Are we going to get a repeat? I worry that that could happen, but, I mean, it's such a good Iowa defense. Both teams have great defenses. It's just a matter that one team has that much better of an offense. Oh, I, think, I think I think anyone has a better offense. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. I will be very shocked on the TV if I keep this game on past the first quarter. And yeah. if I do, that is a very, very telling of – if it's a close game and we're all wrong, you know how funny that would be? I, you know what? You know what's actually crazy? The amount of people that are saying that Michigan's going to blow them out. I mean, we could, and I, I'm, there's a very slim chance of this, but we could be in for an absolute wonderful Big Ten trashter class. <laughs> <laughs> people are forgetting that the Big Ten is known for like 17-10 games. There's a lot of super low scoring, and I mean... In years past, I mean, Michigan has been a part of some of them. Not many of them because, I mean, we we all know that team up north. They're always in the playoff contention somehow. But we could be in for a closer game than people think. Yeah, within uh, two scores, I would say, is close. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's, in this, that's good for Iowa. In this case, yeah, they got to get an extra handicap. I think, honestly, and this might be a bold take, but... I mean, there might be a higher chance of a meteor striking down than Iowa winning this football game. Martians Let's be honest. The, Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. Give me Deacon. No. Give me. Said <laughs> no one. <laughs> Said no one ever. I mean, I mean, there's not much if you're really looking at this game from any sort of perspective. Um, a wise man told me take Michigan in this game, and I think you're gonna have to go with them because they just, there's Iowa has no chance, and I think everybody around this table can't agree with that sentiment. I, I mean, I'm right speaking for everybody here. Yeah, without their best player too. Yeah, that too, Cooper DeGene. Yeah. Man, maybe a potential potential future NFL. Maybe see him doing good things in the NFL. That'd be. Oh, he's a he's a day one pick. Oh yeah, it's just depending on oh, what team he goes to. That's the better question, but that is for uh, later weeks on down the road as we go, what is it, April's NFL draft? Yep. 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 Late April, yep. That'll be something that we'll all obviously keep an eye on before our NFL. Uh will be very interesting, um, but moving on to a very, a very, a game that could be very, very interesting because one team is heading in with a backup quarterback. Cameron, give us the ACC scoop. I have full faith in Tate Rodmaker. Full faith. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, to be fair, in the games that he's played, he has looked kind of solid. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Um, I mean, I should hope if he's playing for FSU, he's somewhat solid. Yeah. You mean you would hope, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who has he played? What? The South, one part? South Alabama. Or was it Eastern? I thought it was Eastern. It was some type of he Alabama. The, it was so, yeah, it was some It wasn't kind of, the good one. He played the it fourth, was not the good Alabama. He played the fourth quarter of uh, Florida, I think. He played against University of North Alabama. Oh, it was okay, North. So it was I was close. Uh, I was close-ish. Um, so the AC the ACC championship game includes FSU and Louisville. This is Louisville's first appearance in the ACC championships ever since joining them in 2014. I don't know about you, but I didn't expect Louisville to be 10 and two and be in the ACC championship. I I did not expect that at all. Um. 
their biggest win of the season did come against, thank God, number 10 Notre Dame, who sucks. <laughs> As some people may know, most of us, and I, almost all of us, I'd say all of us are pretty Notre Dame haters, a little bit. Obviously, we can't put that bias anywhere in here, but just... I love the Sean Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Don't remind me of those days. I don't want to talk about it. Well, the rest I'm going to say is that this is a FSU needs to win this game in order to have a good chance of being in the playoffs. This is their arguably the biggest game on their schedule, even though it's like already over. But this is the biggest game for them. If they don't win, they're done. They're not in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, they have to win. Yeah, it's there's no there's if no, they lose, they don't have a playoff. There's chance, no obviously excuse. like with all these teams. I I think they win 38-34. Jeez, that's interesting. Thirty-eight, thirty-four. Well, if well, if 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 Louisville gets on a good stretch offensively against the Florida State defense, it could be, it could get really close. I know, but that defense is scary. That defense it's is very the nice. most experienced defense in uh, FBS right now. And we need to remember who Louisville's uh, lone loss was to. Well, no, they lost two games. Oh, they have lost. They two? lost to oh, oh, I thought it was Pitt. Oh. Yeah, that's they, what I was talking they got about. Absolutely erased by Devin Leary. Devin Leary. <laughs> Kentucky. Oh, yeah, the most recent. Yeah, I actually saw that while I was watching the games. I'm like, wow. Wade Dude. Davis, of course, played good, but Devin Leary getting Ray, 38 points up on the board is crazy. How, shout, do you, how do you let that happen? Shout out Ray Davis Masterclass. Love to see it. I love to see it. Um, I don't know how you let that happen. I think if you are Louisville, I mean, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm on quite the opposite trend on you. I mean, looking what Louisville has done. Most of their good wins, besides that Notre Dame win, have been like lower scoring wins. I I mean, if Still gave defense, the permit, yeah, because their quarterbacks are really inconsistent. Exactly, that's kind of the problem. What is it? Was it Jake Plummer? Yeah, it's Plummer. Yeah, I mean, he's just too inconsistent. And I think if Louisville wants to have a shot and ruin Florida State's uh, college football playoff hopes, you're going to need to have some type of production out of him. I mean, you're going to have to have really good numbers from him because Florida State's defense is not something to play around with. I mean, I'm going to say that right now. They have a good squad over there on defense. And even with Travis being out on offense, that hurts him a lot because, I mean, he's been, he was playing really great this year. I think we all kind of saw that. He was kind of an early Heisman candidate before everybody else kind of just took over and there was just too many to count. But I think it, for both of these teams, it's going to be a very low scoring. It, it's going to come down to whose defense is going to be better. Yeah, and you can't discount uh, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Like, any any good receivers can make a quarterback look good. I'm going to use the 49ers as an example. Um, <laughs> oh, Purdy. Yeah. Oh, great. He looked awful without CMC and Debo. So any quarterback uh, can look good with very good wide receivers. That's very fair. And, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting game. I think a lot of people are going to keep their eyes on what happens because if Florida State does lose, chaos scenario, wow. I mean, we'll get into that later with all, every scenario with the college football playoffs and with this being the last week before that committee gets together and makes those picks on Sunday. But, I mean, it'll be very interesting, I, I think, for every team watching. It's going to be like, what? let me think, yeah, like the, for those eight teams that have a chance, everybody's looking. I mean, one of the games you definitely have to look at is Florida State. Cause if Florida State wins, most likely that chaos scenario is out the window. But that's just my opinion. Now, Moving on, let's see who who wants to go next. Gabe, you uh, want to go next? Go next. I'm doing the Big Twelve. As we know, we are all very familiar with the Big Twelve. But this, I'm going to be honest, record wise, this is one of the worst ones. Um, it is Texas who has been dominant minus Oklahoma, and it is Oklahoma State who has been dominant 
um, with Ollie Gordon. And this is definitely my opinion. Even though Dylan Gabriel, I was, I, I've been very high on, on Gabriel um, this year. It's a running back game. You have Jonathan Brooks versus Ollie Gordon. This is like a Connor Dream scenario. Like, it's a beautiful Brooks, matchup. Jonathan Brooks versus Ollie Gordon. Oh, it's ground game heaven. I know, it is. Ooh. I know Ollie Gordon, he's coming off another big game. So like 33 carries is a lot, but over 100 yards again and five touchdowns against K-State. Oh, not K-State. Uh, I actually forget who they played, but they he had five touchdowns. Um, the hit He has 20 rushing touchdowns and pretty much, I, I'm going to say it, he's in eight games. He was a no-show against UCF, and the score shows... As it was, th- it was thirty-five to three. That was, it was against BYU. That it's five touchdown UC- game. Yeah. So yeah, BYU's not been great this year either. No. But yeah, UCF beating them forty-five to three though. Ollie Gordon that game twelve carries for twenty-five yards. This team also lost to an F uh, very low. They had a terrible start to the year because they did not play Ollie Gordon. So he is their offense. The number one thing in um uh, uh Texas's um playbook would have to be the cover zero blitz <laughs> oh yes because when bowman let's just take this in account when gordon played against ucf gordon had 12 carries for 25 yards that's ugly bowman had three interceptions oh my no God. touchdowns against ucf so and ucs secondary has been awful this year so yeah they've done no- he's done nothing to really help him out really i mean much he's, i mean this is really just the ollie gordon show and it's gonna be very valuable that way. as a second act like, he is going to throw it deep when they're sending in pressure. He's actually been pretty decent on that. But when you run your offense to Bowman, not good things are going to happen. For Texas, Quinnure's healthy. No more Murphy, thank God. But um, you have to see this team. They did lose to Oklahoma. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. I know people don't really look at that, but that did happen. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I, I really see this game as Texas's to win. I see them dominating. I'm not even kidding about that. I see they have a over a ninety percent, around a ninety percent chance to win according to ESPN. I don't disagree with that. It's in Arlington, Texas. Um, I just see this team has a complete unit and easily can get it done because they have one of the best D lines in the league as well. Um, I'm expecting a bigger game from Xavier Worthy. I wish he would have a big game. His draft stock has fallen to nothing. But I, I'm gonna have to go Texas thirty-one to seventeen. Well, I mean, yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think Texas on both sides of the ball, they have playmakers that can get the job done. I I think especially looking at they they want a playoff spot. They want to be in the playoff. I mean, they they want Texas to be back on the map as a powerhouse contender. This is the season to do it, really, with all these conference championship games and. And also something to add with uh, Xavier Worthy's stock that you just talked about. I think whichever team gets him in next year's draft or this upcoming year's draft, wow! I mean, I think it'll be it'll be a steal because I mean, he yeah, he said a little bit of lower production, I mean, but it's because of Malik Murphy and coming in at QB. That's not Quinn Ewers. That's it's they're just not the same player. I mean, Ewers is just amazing at finding his targets. Even with Ewers, he's kind of been he hasn't been bad at any like scale, but he hasn't been the fifth best wide receiver people thought he was coming into the season. Oh, the sorry, he was actually the fourth best. He was picked behind um, the two guys from Ohio State, of course, and Malik Neighbors. So he's had a very unproductive season up to that scale because you see all three of those guys minus Sabuka for injury reasons. Um, Marvin Harrison's been on a tear. And then Malik Neighbors has been 
almost Jamal Chase like at sometimes. So it's it's been great for them, but bad for him. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, but still, he has sky high potential. I think wherever he goes, it'll be very interesting to keep that in notice. Um, but before we get into the final one, uh, the Pac-12, we're going to go to the SEC. Bama and Georgia, Connor. Oh baby! I mean, when you see two of the bit, two of the best fran or not franchises, schools in all of college football going up against each other, you know it's going to be fireworks every single time. And this year is not going to disappoint. Uh, it is number eight Bama against number one Georgia at the Mercedes AMG Benz Arena. It's going to be definitely one to watch. So I did a little more research into this one. I wanted to go deep into Bama season because the start of it, everyone was a little skeptical of this Bama team. So everyone knows Bama started out with Jalen Milrow as their quarterback. And I mean, to be fair, I was pretty high on him at the start of the season. He looked like he was getting pretty poised. And I mean, coming into that role after Bryce Young's Heisman season, I mean, those are big shoes to fill. So, I mean, maybe some of the pressure got to him. His second game as starter, <laughs> they faced a Texas team that, I'm, I'm just going to say, blew him out of the water, 34-24. Um, that was, I think, the shock that they needed. But after that game, I don't think they went about it in the right way. And, I mean, Nick Saban has gone on shows and podcasts talking about he doesn't like to call it a benching of Milrow. They like to see it as, like, looking at different opportunities for quarterbacks. They benched him. <laughs> I'm going to be the first person to tell you guys he benched him. Well, Tanner, I know our sports director, Tanner Lambert, thinks otherwise. He thinks Saban was kind of telling the fans, look what we have. This is what we have if we don't have Milrow. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. That That is very true. Yeah, I like, I like that. I like that analysis. But... His stats in the game against Texas, just not good. 14 of 27, 255 yards, two touchdowns, but two very costly interceptions. And I mean, on the ground, which is usually one of what you think of Milrow's strong points, he just couldn't get it going. He had negative yards that game. I mean, the college rushing yards rules, uh, they're stupid, but I really think, I don't think, I don't think sacks should count against them. But I mean, not a good game. Um, <sighs> then we get into <laughs> USF. Oh, I like that school. You like that school? <laughs> yeah, my cousin. My cousin goes there. Really? Yeah, he went to the Alabama game. He said he was. That was the most embarrassing game he's ever seen. For Bama. Yeah. For USF. For USF, that's not a. No, for, that's not an embarrassing game. No, for Bama, that's like the worst game he's ever seen them play. Oh yeah. By a mile. I mean, holy whirlwind. It was bad. Talk about getting a narrow win away against USF. I mean, I mean, to be fair, what Gabe said, this is what we have other than Milrow. Bama's two quarterbacks, Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner. By the way, these guys were four and five stars. Uh, combined for just over 100 air yards against USF. <laughs> Mind you, that is University of Southern, South, or Southern Florida. I thought it was South, yeah, South, South Florida. Florida. Yeah. Who? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Ty, don't call how do you this. do that? I'm pretty sure the Marcus Cousins' brother went there for college. Well, I mean, uh, 
How do you score 17 points? How do you do that? I mean, to be fair, when you look at the rest of the performances from that game, Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams almost combined for 200 yards on the ground. That is the only thing that kept that Bama offense afloat. Uh, but, I mean, 17-3 away to USF? Why? So, I mean... <laughs> that safety was having the game of his life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, one week later, to absolutely no one's surprise, it's all it's almost like who's better at sucking <laughs> was what everyone was looking at. I mean, Milrow was announced the starter. He was the permanent starter for good reason because he's the only guy that can throw for over 100 yards. Um... And, I mean, he didn't look back. He took his opportunity. And the nine games that he played after going back into the starting lineup, he had a near 70% completion rate, over 2,000 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, and four picks. And, I mean, on the ground, he got it done. Uh, 104 carries, 347 yards, which I said with the college rushing rules, that's pretty good, 3.3 yards per carry for a quarterback, and 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he was getting it done on the ground and in the air. He's just what Bama needed. Um, I would, I did say it at the start of the year, if Bama has a really good year, he could be a Heisman candidate. And I mean, he did say, give me the Heisman, give me the Heisman after that Auburn game. Uh, buddy, you're going to need to do a little more than that to get the Heisman. Way more. Beat, beat Auburn by three. Like, wow. On a, on one of the greatest throws I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That was like, it was like the, uh, the Hurts throw against, against the Bills this week. It was like that. Yeah. It was like. Actually, kind of eagerly similar to that. If he can figure out what the line of scrimmage is, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, he he does kind of tend to veer over the line of scrimmage because I don't want to give him running back allegations, but he's not a running back. He's he's a good thrower. He leads the league in quarterback touchdowns. Yeah, guess he's number two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll save that one for we'll later. We'll save that for later. That's uh, that's a, that's a different topic, but I mean, he did. He took his opportunity when it was given to him, and I mean, he. Gave Alabama no other choice but to start him next year. There is, I don't see anyone else coming into that position. I mean, he solidified his spot. And, I mean, he's getting praise from his own head coach, which is one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, Nick Saban. Uh, he was quoted on uh, ESPN College Football saying he's got great instinct. Uh, that's what makes him the most dangerous. He has become a great reader of defenses and can pick apart coverages at will, which, I mean, High praise coming from someone who, I mean, has been around college football for God knows how long. Um, and, I mean, the opposing coach, uh, Kirby Smart, saying he's got flashes of Lamar Jackson just bigger and phys more physical, which, I mean, again, high praise from two of the best, uh, probably the two best coaches in college football right now. Oh, yeah. That's about as high a praise you can get. It's a very interesting comparison, though, now that you say that. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, that's not a guy to – play around with i yeah. mean he did a lot of good things at louisville i mean he won that heisman for a reason yeah. i'd say if we're going along with play style i'd say daniels is a lot more like jackson oh but, i would definitely I mean, that's a no, better comparison i would yeah, think but milrow's definitely shown flashes of stuff like that him on the ground he's dangerous in the ground game oh yeah but definitely i mean other outside of milrow he's kind of the main focal point of this bama team this year uh they've got great offense i mean jace mcclellan has been lights out almost a thousand yard rushing season from him uh, the two wide receivers, Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond. Isaiah Bond has had a little bit of a breakout year. I mean, not the greatest stats per se, but I mean, he's came through when they needed yes, him. Yes, he has. That's what. That's a major thing to he's kind a, of point he's out. A, he's a big play guy. Absolutely. And I mean, the second <laughs> the secondary's lights out. They've got 
three DBs that honestly, at some point in their careers, they could all be lottery picks if they keep trending the way they're going. Caleb Downs, Terry on Arnold, and I mean, we all think Kool Aid McKinstry's going to be a Kool Aid. Yeah. Kool Aid McKinstry's going to be a high first yeah, this def- year. Definitely top ten. Oh yeah. Um, arguably is the most NFL ready corner. Yeah, right I think. Now. I will say this: I am a big Kalen King supporter from Penn State, but I think Kool Aid McKinstry will translate a lot better. I mean, those Bama corners are not to be messed around with. I mean, Pat Sertan, like you just look at all of the uh, talent that Bama's produced from the secondary. It's unmatched. Yeah, and I switching back to the quarterback, I think that's why people were so, I'm going to say ruthless on Milrow. You go from Jalen Hurts to uh, Mac Jones, Bryce Young to Jalen Milrow. Yeah. The expectations were an all-time high, and he didn't meet them, and then he comes out, and now he is meeting them. Yeah. I mean, Bama fans do have a reason to get their hopes up very, very high, because, I mean... The team has been absolutely ruthless over the past, like, what, decade? So, I mean, they can get their hopes up. But, I mean, on the other side of the ball, they've also got another potential lottery pick in Dallas Turner. I mean, he, he I think this Bama defense is the key to this game. I mean, the offense, we all know that the Bama offense always fires on all cylinders. There is rare moments where they are not like a well-oiled machine. Especially when you take Melrow out of the offense. Nice job there, Saban. Um, but <laughs> moving on to Georgia, I don't really have too much to say about Georgia. I think everyone's kind of sick of hearing about Georgia being number one. Uh, There's nothing much to say about this really, team. There really isn't. They're a bit of a boring team. Um, we talk about Lad McConkey is like top 50 prospect right now. <laughs> Dude, he's not even the number one receiver on his team. So get beat up by a tight end. They almost lost to Georgia Tech. Mel Kuyper thinks differently. (laughs) But, I mean, the key point for Georgia in this game is they need to get going early. I mean, they're 12-0, 8-0 in conference play. I mean, there's not really much to say. They've been absolutely unstoppable this year. They did have a little bit of a hiccup last game, though, against Georgia Tech. If you will remember, they did only win by one score against a very... Very mid Georgia Tech team. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying Georgia's bad by any means. No, I'm not saying they're bad. But they, before that, were coming off of two solid wins against two ranked teams in Tennessee and Ole Miss. I mean, the Ole Miss game was a blowout, but to be fair, Jackson Dart went out injured in the first quarter. So, I mean, what are you going to do? But Carson Beck has been the topic of conversation for this team. I mean, Brock Bowers, everyone knows he's by a pretty much a long shot the best tight end in college football. I mean, we've got running back. We've got Dejan Edwards. He's been absolutely lights out. Same with Kendall Milton as the second running back. I mean, six and a half yards per carry and 10 rushing touchdowns from the second string running back. Can't really ask for much more. Um, it's kind of like a lesser version of Corman Edwards. Oh, yeah. But... I'd say Carson Beck is probably the most interesting player on this offense. Um, He has gotten a little Jimmy Garoppolo allegations, mostly from me. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, he's actually been very solid. Uh, 72.5% completion rate, uh, 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only six picks. Which, I mean, for a number one offense, you could ask for a little more out of him, but... What are you going to do? 
I mean, you're doing the best with what you have. And I mean, he has had a few hiccups this year. There were two close games, I believe. I believe it was, was it Auburn? It was Mizzou. Mizzou. Yep. And I think, wasn't Auburn really close too? Yeah, it yeah, was. Auburn, yeah. Auburn lost by seven. Mizzou it's lost <laughs> because Brady Cook decided to have the worst game of the season. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the, oh God, we almost lost to Auburn Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we're, I mean, there, there's not really much more to say about Georgia. Their defense every year just always seems to turn up. They produce NFL talent like lightning every year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But going into this matchup, I really do think uh, there, there's one route that you could take with it being a blowout. Like, I mean, Georgia is only 52% favored. I mean, it's go- the projections for it is going to be a close game. But honestly, if Bama can shut down this Georgia offense early, I really do think that Bama can win by like two scores. And I really think that I really do think that Bama will take this one. They can they do have the opportunity. It's right in their hands. And I mean if Bama wins this game, obviously they have a playoff spot. Which I mean nobody wants to like see Bama in the playoff again. I mean, it happens like every year. I mean, except last year, the exception of last year. But I really do think Bama's got this game in their hands. They just need to take this opportunity. This is not this is like probably the weakest Georgia team we've seen in years. I mean, the Stetson Bennett led teams, like, you know, for like six years, like however long Stetson <laughs> Bennett was in college, like a decade. But I mean, Stetson Bennett's in the league working on his personal finance major. So, I mean, <laughs> you'll see him doing your taxes in a few years. So, I really do think Bama's got this game. I think I'm going to take Bama 35 31. Wow. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in here real quick. Two year left are two people who have rooted against Georgia. It has ended horribly for us. I'm not even going to compare how horribly because it's been bad. I'm taking Georgia. It's the safe. It's the safe pick for two reasons. Of I will probably be wrong and Bama will win, and <laughs> I'm not rooting against Georgia. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I that, mean that's fair enough. Two reasons. It's it's really hard to bet against Georgia, but like, it's Nick Saban. I I I gotta stick with my gut. It, I think I think Bama's going to come away with a close one. It's going to be, I think, more of a lower-scoring game than your prediction, but it's going to be a one-score game regardless of what way it plays out. I think if you're Bama, you need this game way more because, I mean, what it would do to your playoff odds and boost you to even have a chance, that, that I mean, that's saying something. But I mean, with this Georgia team, obviously that biggest question mark, like you said, was Carson Beck. And, I mean, in his first test, he passed. It was that old – I mean, Brock Bowers was a little bit – I mean, he, he still injured. Shocked he came back that quick. I'm going to say that right now. But, I mean, he passed that test. I mean, they just blew Ole Miss out of the water. But, I mean, it, it's Alabama and Nick Saban, and they always play Georgia close no matter what just because even if they have, like, a weaker team than usual, they still play them really, really good. So, I, I mean, I don't blame you, obviously, taking Alabama. But, I mean, this, just, this Georgia team, I mean, it's Georgia. I really think, I mean, with Jalen Milrow in that QB, it's a, I wouldn't say it's one of their weaker QBs the past couple of years. I don't think it's that far-fetched saying that. What do you that. mean? There's one other quarterback to choose from in the past, like, half a decade. It's Stetson Bennett. No, I'm talking about Bama here. Oh, For Bama sorry. QBs. No, oh, for, for Bama that. QBs. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought you were talking about Beckstone. Oh, no, there's like only like one. And, and that's, that's crazy Bennett. to say it's that Bennett. Milrow is undoubtedly the worst quarterback they've had in the last 
eight years, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, you go from Tua to, I mean, Tua and Hurts, and then you have, like, the likes of Bryce Young. Matt Jones, Matt, yeah. yeah. I don't want, why are we talking about Mac Jones anymore? I mean, he was great in college, but like. We're talking about, talking yeah, about it's straight yeah. college. He stinks. <laughs> We're talking Holy about. choke. <laughs> nah, but I, I mean, I'm going to go with Georgia here. It's going to be a really, I mean, I'm going to give Georgia by three points. I think 24-21. I really think it's going to come down to the, who has the ball in the last possession of the game. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And I think Georgia will respond and show why they're the number one team. And I think it, this playoff race is going to be very interesting. I'm very excited, and this game is probably my second favorite circle game before the one we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about here, which is the finale, most likely of the Pac-12, the Pac-12 title game, number five Oregon going up against number three Washington in Las Vegas. The bright lights of Las Vegas in Allegiant Stadium, which is ironic for this game. Both teams are putting all their chips on the table here. I mean, that's what this game really is. The winner has a locked playoff spot, and it is not even questionable. I mean, I think everybody here can agree with that. It's I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's five versus three. I mean, obviously, most likely, say if Oregon does win at five, they'll probably jump up to three, probably. Yeah. You mean when? <laughs> that's bold, you man. Mean when? That's Whoever very bold. Wins this game, goes to the playoffs, and whoever loses will most likely either play Ohio State or Texas. Yeah, and I think yep. I think another important thing to note is whoever wins this game significantly boosts their odds of winning the Heisman. Oh yeah, that is true as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I I don't want to call it the battle for the Heisman. I mean I have it's it not, here it's in not, my it's the battle for it's the not. playoffs. It's, it's the battle for second place. <laughs> battle for uh, I no. it for Michigan. No 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 second. No, place he's the talking Heisman. Heisman. Oh. I thought you were talking about for a second. Uh, uh, Jaden Daniels again of range. He's not getting it. As much as I really oh. think he deserves it, and how close he'll really be, I. It's uh, either probably going to be. It'll probably be Bo Nix. I'm going to be sending a very nasty letter to the NCAA if oh Jaden Daniels doesn't win it. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you better get that letter ready because yeah, I might start. I might as well start writing. Exactly. But I'm going to tell you guys a story about both of these teams this season. First, we're going to go into Washington season. Um, first, four, first four big games for them were all big wins. Like no one really of importance. They're really just blowouts. But then their fifth game against Arizona was only a thirty-one to twenty-four win. If, I mean, if, I mean, we this is before we knew what Arizona was. So obviously, this I mean, it shows a lot now. Obviously, seeing what Arizona has done this season, which they've been one of the biggest surprise teams of this college football season, and I'm glad they're finding success because they're a program. I mean, that they deserve success. So I mean, it's really good for them to kind of get on that um, track and have a good record this season. Um, but then the week after, though, a huge. A huge win against Oregon at home, 36-33 to in that shootout in Washington, a game we were all keeping a very, very close eye on. I mean, it was a great it was a great game, but Washington pulled that off, got the win, and then they beat Stanford and then won in a shutout versus Caleb Williams and the high-flying USC offense. Notice I didn't say their whole team as a whole because <laughs> they don't have a defense. I think everybody knew that. And 52-42 to 42 was that final, and they won in a huge game against Caleb Williams. And then their next three games were one-score wins over, I mean, I'd say very tough opponents, 35-28 to 28 against number 18 Utah at the time, 22-20 to 20 against number 11 Oregon State, that two-point very, very close win. 
I was watching that game very, very close. And then the last week of the year against their rival Washington State, they won 24-21 to at home. But, I mean, with this Washington team, we need to talk about their top two offensive playmakers, Michael Penix Jr. and Rome, Rome Adunze. I mean, they're both really electric, and they really set this Washington offense on fire. I think if you're really looking at any of Washington's big plays this season, it's because of those two guys right there. I think it's not really without a doubt. I mean, they're both very, very amazing players and obviously have bright NFL futures ahead of them. Um, but looking at it, though, they light the scoreboard, though. I mean, amazing passes from Penix, and then there's the catches that Adunze makes to just give Washington – I mean, as soon as he gets like a big catch, it's like, wow, Washington just has all the momentum no matter how close the game is. That's, I mean, that's how I really think of how much of an impact this kid makes. Uh, Penix this season has had 3,899 yards, 32 touchdowns with eight picks, and then Odunze had 73 catches, 1,326 yards, and 13 touchdowns. So obviously offense is not a question for this Washington team, but their defense is coming into this game ranked 93rd in total team defense, which I think is very scary because if you're looking at this Oregon team, I mean, what they have with like Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, just to name a couple, I'll go into them here in a second. You're going to need to have your defense come out and they're going to need to play great football to stop them. And I think that's really is a very big or probably the biggest question mark for Washington is how is their defense going to respond to this Oregon offense? I think we're all going to be watching that and be very curious as that game is happening. I believe it's tomorrow. It's the Friday nighter. Yeah, 8 o'clock yeah, Friday nighter. Yep. It'd be very interesting. Very, very interesting to see how that'll work out. Now, switching sides to Oregon. Preseason, we were obviously thinking, how is Bo Nix going to respond after looking so shaky? And obviously, we saw all the bodacious everywhere in New York. We all saw those billboards, and we're like, what is Oregon doing? Everybody was like, what are they doing? But now, they look really smart for doing that. Let them cook. Because, wow. I mean, I'm going to go over the Oregon season here. I mean, do we, do we dare call it foie gras? <sighs> God. Stop. The ducks are cooking? Just stop. Uh, no. no. Call it foie gras, the ducks are cooking. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Yeah, y'all got to quote that one. That one that's fire. <laughs> Good God. Uh, that, that is something for sure. Fine certain. dining right there. Bo oh. Nix is eating. Uh, he's cooking it up, too. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. He is my Heisman favorite. I think people who have been listening to us, I mean, he's my Heisman favorite. But going over Oregon season, I mean, they blew out Oregon State, or no, not Oregon State, Portland State in the opener 81-7. to I mean, you're putting up 81 points. I mean, it doesn't really matter who. 81 points is a yeah, lot. I mean, it, it, could be, it could be any team. I mean, even if it is Portland State, 81 points in a shutout? Exactly. I mean, why? I mean, yeah, the, the other team did somehow score seven, so it was oh, very oh, close. Okay. Yeah, very close to a shutout, but My bad. still, I mean, kind of silencing the doubters early. Yeah, I mean, basically. But then survived a very, very close call in Lubbock against Texas Tech, 38-30. to I remember seeing that early in the year, and I'm like, is Oregon really for real? Because that obviously second game, but still, you're going to be questioning a lot. I mean, with a very limited sample size, I mean, no-brainer, you're going to question, like, is this team for real? But then they proceeded to blow out their next three opponents, which 55-10 to against Hawaii, then the 42-6 to absolute, like, demolition blowout of the highly, like, highly talked about, highly publicized Colorado team. 
obviously everybody had their eyes on that big matchup in Oregon. And, I mean, they got silenced pretty good. No, that Colorado team, like, have you seen that meme with Homer Simpson? Like, he's, he's like, in his underwear and, like, all his fat is, like, rubber band behind him. That was Colorado this year. Yeah. Dude, did you – wait, speaking of Colorado, while we're on Colorado, did you see they lost both of their quarterback commits? Did they? In, oh, I saw that, yep. days? yeah. Yeah. It was for yeah. it was for like what twenty five and twenty six. Yeah, Dion came out with the quote that says, "If guys can't stay faithful to their girlfriends, they can't stay faithful to their school." That's it. <sighs> I mean, Karma's a clown. Karma's a clown. Yeah, Karma. <laughs> Karma is a clown. But but mind you, this was at the time when Colorado. This is before we finally figured out what Colorado was. So it was oh, it was oh, a yeah. huge yeah. win. Regardless, it was a huge win for this Oregon team, and then obviously blowing out Stanford with the same score of forty two to six, and then. They lost a very close and competitive game in Washington, obviously, as we mentioned earlier against the Huskies. We saw what was it? It was that very controversial fourth down. What was it? They punted on fourth down or they, they went for they it. went for it and missed it. They yeah. went for it and missed it and then they missed a field goal. So. <sighs> Which obviously ended up costing costing that game. But I mean looking at the rest of their schedule, I mean they blew out every other remaining team. I mean, I mean, thirty-eight twenty-four isn't as much of a blowout, but I mean, it is Washington State. But I mean, Washington State. This was before, kind of. I mean, with obviously with Cam Ward. Obviously, Connor, you were a big guy on Cam Ward back during this time. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he had a he had an absolutely amazing start to the season. I mean, it just faltered off. I mean, I don't know what happened to that Wazoo team, but I mean, they were they kept it close with Washington last week. I mean, I was the biggest Wazoo fan last week because I just wanted to see Washington lose. Oh yeah, just, I was just too. For, just for the fun of it. Oh, trust me, I had a different reason. But yeah, I was I was hoping Washington <laughs> State pulled that out. But I mean, still very entertaining game. Um, but then looking at the remainder after Washington State, let's see who we have here. Yeah, we have thirty-five to six against Utah in Utah. This is when Utah was ranked thirteenth. I mean, they just absolutely blew them out in Utah. I mean, which is unprecedented i'd really yeah, say you guys thought it was crazy when i when i had that game and i said oregon 31 10 and everybody looked at you like you were nuts yeah and i was like oh me, yeah me I included know, i know what i'm talking about 20 percent of the time uh, yeah yeah honestly yeah 20 i mean 20 percent is pushing it but yeah sure we'll say 20 percent but still i mean looking at the remainder then um let me see i'm trying to find here where i left off yes obviously 63 to 19 against california uh, thirty-six twenty-seven against USC, and then forty-nine to thirteen blowout against Arizona State, and then the final game of the year. Very shocking to me, at least thirty-one to seven blowout against Oregon State and Mister DJ, who is in the transfer portal. Uh, I thought we'd break our first transfer portal news. We'll get into that a little bit later, but DJ going to the transfer portal once again. We'll get into that later. Um, but still. Bo Nix this season, I mean, he's played out of his mind. He's had 3,906 passing yards, 37 touchdowns. I want you guys to guess how many interceptions he's thrown this season without looking at what oh, I have. It's two, isn't it? Yep, that is, it's I two. Yeah, I was about to guess three, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Two picks the whole year. That, I mean, that's insane. I mean, when he was his former nickname of Bo Picks. It's not there anymore. I'll tell you that right now. I will. I will not be calling him we that should, again. We should, we should make Bo Nix's middle name no throw. Bo no throw picks. <laughs> I mean, because he because he, he doesn't throw picks anymore. Not anymore. He doesn't. I mean, wow. Bo Nix has been playing amazing. That's why he is. He's like. 
I mean, that's why he's my Heisman. It's like it's like Jesus turning water into wine. He's turning picks into tutties. Uh, yeah, he he, switched completely. Turned it around. He switched it around real quick, and I think what I mean the only people who kind of guessed that were people around that Oregon program. But I mean, it's not just Bo Nix running the show offensively. There's also a guy I don't know if anybody's heard of him, Bucky Irving. I mean, at yeah. running back, he's been amazing for them. One thousand forty-three rushing yards and ten rushing touchdowns. He's been kind of. If Bo Nix obviously doesn't have to do everything himself, having that Bucky Irving yeah. type of player to kind of just hand it off and let him run, let him get you those yards, it's very huge for a team. Yeah, and I mean, I w- I mean, later we'll get into the Heisman propaganda that I'll be pushing, but I mean, Bucky Irving takes off that pressure on Bo Nix to be able to run. I mean, obviously I'm going to be talking about Daniels. Daniels does it all. He does absolutely everything for LSU, but Bo Nix at his job at being a quarterback is the best quarterback in college football. He's the best quarterback at being a quarterback. Jaden Daniels does everything else. He's a great runner. He's got that dual threat ability. Bo Nix doesn't necessarily need that dual threat ability. He's got the accuracy. He's got the arm. And he's got all the reads and all the placement. That's all he needs. He is the most complete passer in college football. I I mean, I completely agree with that. And then looking at like two of his weapons here, the duo of wide receivers that they have, both Troy Franklin and Troy Tez Franklin. Johnson. Wow. They've both been balling out, and they've been finding space to give Bo Nix those great reads and giving them the ball and just letting him run in space. And look at what they do. I mean, this Oregon team has puts points up on almost everyone, it seems like. And everyone, this is just one of the most high-scoring, high-flying offenses in college football. I mean, and it's exciting to watch an Oregon game every week and just looking at what they do on the scoreboard. Just alone, I mean, they're both amazing. Troy Franklin had 77 catches for 1,349 yards and 14 touchdowns, while Tez Johnson had 70 catches, 942 yards and nine touchdowns. So I mean, I mean, all of his touchdowns. I mean, look at it. It's going to Troy Franklin or Tez Johnson. They're both of those guys have been amazing I think at giving Bo Nix the opportunity to really kind of progress and get into this elite status of college football quarterbacks that he's been placed into this year and I think both of those guys are a one of those main reasons for that success um, but then looking at Oregon they have playmakers on the offense we obviously all know that but I mean looking at that and how they're just going to attack this Washington defense that I mentioned earlier was ranked 93rd will be their main key to winning this game. If, I mean, if they're doing high-flying, throwing it all over the place, and Bucky Irving's having a great rushing game, I mean, Oregon could take this out of the water, and I think that's not really debatable to anybody if their offense is going off. But um, looking at their defense, though, before we get into the game takeaways, Oregon's defense is ranked 15th in total defense coming into this game, which I think is very, very huge and something that's not talked about a lot. I mean, we're talking about the, both of these high-flying offenses, but Oregon actually has a defense that if they try and stop Penix, I mean, they can stop Penix. I really think they can. I mean, with their being ranked at 15, I think they have a lot of potential to try and stop him in a Dunze and that Washington high-flying offense. Now, my game takeaways here. I think really the key factor here is going to be the battle of the defenses. Obviously, we've been talking about both high-flying offenses, who's going to have the better yardage. But, I mean, if your defense is stopping that high-flying offense, depending on which side it's on, that could give you the game. It really could. And if you if one of these two quarterbacks or wide receivers get uh, tangled up with cornerbacks or if they don't have as good of stats, I mean, it gives the other team a chance to kind of get other points and let their offense do the work, and then their defense is putting in that same work as well. 
That I mean, it could potentially lead to like maybe a multi-score blowout, maybe. But I think they just have to really hold the other offense in check. I mean, depending on which defense we're talking about. But Washington needs to stop Bucky Irving, and they they have to force Bo Nix to do what he did. Obviously, what he did at Auburn, and then his first year at Oregon. Make him throw those picks. Try to make him play hero ball and throw those interceptions. I think that's going to be your key kind of motive if you're Washington's defense. Make make Bo Nix Bo picks, I, I guess is a way to call it. Yeah. But now looking, I think Oregon, though, obviously you got to look at them as well on defense, having to stop Michael Penix and force them to run with the running back, Dylan Johnson, which still he's, a, he's been doing good as well. I think a sneaky guy we don't talk about a lot. 961 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns this season. I mean, he's he's really a good guy to lean back on, but still, it's I, you'd rather lean on him than try to have Penix throw you and dart you out in the air. I know, but Dylan Johnson, he literally, I, I mean I mean this in the most 100% way, he won them the USC game. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Easily. 200-plus yards and four touchdowns. He had many rushing yards as Penix did passing. Exactly, and that USC game is very something interesting to talk about because that's kind of like the one time where, all right, let's see what Dylan Johnson, let's see if he can kind of take us there. He took him there. I think if that does happen, if Oregon does contain Penix a little bit and Dylan Johnson, you kind of have to have that similar production like he had against USC. Yeah, and I mean, like looking at the other side of the field, I mean, when you think of Bo Nix and and Irving, Dylan Johnson and... Michael Penix are kind of the same deal because when Penix has like sort of an off game, isn't on his like best kind of mojo, you can just rely on Dylan Johnson to get some running yards. And I mean, like getting a good running game going can completely kickstart an offense, especially when it Oregon is going to be blistering this team. And I mean, it could go either way. Washington could start blistering them early. It all depends on who gets their running back going first. That will open up the doors, and that will completely open up defenses. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but I, I mean, if you're looking at it this way, I mean, would you rather have uh, Bucky Irving to rely on or Dylan Johnson? I mean, it kind of. I mean, it can really come down to that. I mean, it's a little closer than some people may think, but I mean, in my in Probably my eyes, Bucky. yeah, I, I'd have to go Bucky. But there's still. I think for Oregon, you're going to have to try and make Dylan Johnson beat you and not have it be Penix. That's kind of like my main reason for that point. But, I mean, the main story of this game is going to be the offensive fireworks, regardless. I, I think I'd be very, very shocked if it's a defensive showdown. I'd be very surprised. I mean, it's obviously going to be Bo Nix versus Penix and Adunze versus Franklin. And just, there's just so many names you can just matchups. It's going to be a really, I think it's going to be points all over the place. I mean, that's my honest prediction for this game. But it, the game is going to come down to who can limit the big plays. Both of these teams can have big plays. I mean, we've all seen it. We both have seen it from both of these teams throughout the whole season. But I think the team that limits the big plays is going to come out on top because they're, then they're making them force it to go by first down by first down. And even if you force them to a lot of three and outs, I think forcing them a lot of three and outs, getting if, even especially if it's Washington, having their defense on the field most of the time and tiring them out early, I think that could be a big advantage for I mean for either team who has their defense out there for the most. It'd be the opposing team's advantage because then it's just you just keep striking and either handing it off to your running back or letting your receivers do the work out in the middle of the field or even by by out the by the by the sideline. Oh, I don't know why that took me so long to say, but this is going to be an exciting game for anybody who loves. Uh, high-scoring college football not named Andrew. It's going to be very, very exciting. But I, my final prediction here, 
I think Oregon has a defense to stop Washington in a neutral site. Last game, or their last game they played, obviously, was in Washington, so they had that crowd advantage for Penix and everyone. But still, my my gut is telling me to go with Oregon here, so I'm going to go with the Ducks, 42 to 35. Oh my gosh! Offensive firepower. Wow. And I and I think this is the game that gives Knicks the Heisman. Twenty twelve Big Twelve vibes. Oh my god! Exactly. That's that's but yeah. Yep. I, I, going high scoring. I'm gonna have to say, I don't see Oregon. In my opinion, I don't see Oregon losing, but uh, winning. Like I see Oregon winning by at least thirteen. And I, I agree. This is this is big. If you see, I know we don't like to think about betting. I'm not encouraging betting, but if you look at the the line. It is Oregon nine by, and a half. It's up that to ten now. That is a lot mm-hmm. for a top yeah. a top thirty matchup. Not even a top twenty five. A top 30, 35 matchup. That is a lot. And you look at Oregon blowing out teams left and right. And I'm not even. T- I mean, blowing them out. Oregon State absolutely getting dominated. Utah not even a chance. Arizona didn't even put up a fight. USC was on. Was just absolutely hammered. I mean, you see Washington. Winning by 10, winning by 3, winning by 2, winning by 3. I'm going to say if Washington can keep it close, I have I can definitely see Washington pull it out because they have been able to win ugly. I'm not even kidding about that. Every single Pac-12 game minus California oh, yeah. has been won in oh, ugly yeah. fashion. Yep. It's like turning a homeless person into a model and bringing it out <laughs> yeah. on the stage. That's actually a good way to put uh, it. Yeah, that is an interesting way to look at it. You look at Oregon and they have been on fire for Pac-12. That Washington loss is the best thing that could have happened to them right now. And it's put them on a scale. And like you said, the big plays are going to come in a huge... Like, it's going to be so important. Last game, when these two faced off, it was. Polk and Adunze made play after play for Penix. Penix was just saying, screw it, someone's down there, and they were going and making plays. And then UC Oregon wasn't able to match as they missed the fourth down and the field goal. Yeah, I mean, I agree with your take that Oregon could definitely blow the doors off this. But I would like to, There, this is a stat I will get into when we go into the Heisman discourse, but there are, there's a stat where they talk about how many, like there's the quarterback stats when they face top 50 defenses. Bo Nix has only faced two of them this year, and Michael Penix has faced double, he has faced four. So, I mean... When you look at it, when Washington is still undefeated in that regard, that honestly gives Washington a leg up in that kind of category. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, with Bo Nix being, only being exposed to two top 50 defenses this year, that's a little well, worrisome. You have to consider that Oregon is also one of those four teams. And Utah, that is very true. Utah yeah. and Oregon State are probably one of those, uh, probably four of those yeah. two teams. Mm-hmm. And then Oregon themselves are probably Oregon the third are, team. Oregon are probably one of the four, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely... it's. A lot of people think it's going to be a game of inches. It's going to be, come down to like probably the last play or the last drive. I do think Oregon handles business pretty well Pretty well here. I'm going 38-28 Oregon. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you can make a case for both of these teams. I think that's obviously out there. It's just there's a lot more towards Oregon that you can give them more of advantages, especially their defense as well, towards Washington, which Washington isn't a really – I don't think, yeah, not one of those top 50 defenses. I mean, at least currently. So, I mean, it's really something interesting to look out for. This is going to be like the big – it's obviously a top-five matchup. It's going to be the big fireworks, points everywhere. I mean, that's what I really think it's going to be because both these offenses are amazing unless Oregon's defense really shows out in a certain way and make Penix look like something we haven't seen him before. 
I mean, a po- I mean, there's a lot of scenarios and opportunities that this game can bring, but that will lead us now into the college football playoff rankings. So for everyone, obviously we go from 25 to one, and we will talk about um, obviously teams that uh, rose, kind of fell down, and then we'll talk about scenarios towards the end of this segment. So running in at 25, we have Kansas State. 24 is Liberty. 23 is Clemson, 22 is Tulane, 21 is Tennessee, Oregon State is at 20, NC State at 19, Oklahoma State at 18, Notre Dame at 17, Iowa at 16, Arizona at 15, Louisville at 14, LSU at at 13, Oklahoma at 12, Ole Miss at 11, Penn State at 10, Missouri at 9, Bama at 8, Texas at 7, Ohio State at 6, Oregon at 5, Florida State at 4, Washington at 3, Michigan at 2, and then number 1, Georgia. So, Connor, you are obviously the most vocal out of everyone as I just went through those rankings. So, tell us, what's on your mind? Oh, uh, they always screw it up. I mean, uh, to be fair, as a Penn State fan, they don't deserve to be in the top 10. I mean, it, it plain and simple. I think Ole Miss deserves it over him. I honestly kind of think Oklahoma deserves it over him. I think Penn State should be 12. I think that's a pretty fair ranking for them. But there's a lot of very interesting ones here. How is Iowa 16? <laughs> that's a that, that is a very great question. How are they 16? I mean, you're looking. How are they above Notre Dame? How are they above Oklahoma State? How is Oklahoma State only 18? I'm UCF, going F UCF. No, I'm giving that's the, the only reason. Yeah, yeah, I'm very curious. Did here. you forget Oklahoma State lost to South Alabama? <laughs> well, yeah, true, but like they it's have Iowa. Ollie, they didn't have Ollie Gordon unlocked. He was still in the loading tube. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> ten and two. Ten and two should be ten and, or eleven and one versus nine and three. Okay, there's a there's also a glaring one here. How did Oregon State drop four spots for losing to a pretty much playoff team? They got blown out by them. It, I mean, true, but it's Oregon. How are they I, below NC State? That I, I'll give you that completely. I think how they look at it is by they look at it by the losses. Yeah. I, I mean, for these Power Five teams, I mean, obviously yeah, we're disincluding I I mean, both Liberty and Tulane. Clemson twenty four. There is a there's a very interesting, there's a very interesting team that has a very interesting championship game in this poll. Tulane SMU, that is going to be a firework game. I mean, isn't SMU the one team? It's either SMU or Clemson that we're playing. That West Virginia is playing in a bowl, right? I think it's SMU. It's SMU. I we're think playing SMU in a bowl. We might yeah. be. They're it's possible. Of, nine and two, I think. SMU is nine and two. I thought they. Yeah, or aren't they ten and two? Maybe they've only lost two games. I know that. Yeah, uh, it's either SMU or Clemson. One of those losses is Oklahoma too. Yeah. I mean, you can't really blame them for losing to Oklahoma. Do you mean we might get to play against the bum that is Cade Klubnick? Yeah, we could. For Clemson? Yeah. I, I don't I mean, think we play Clemson. I, I, see, I see us having a better chance against something like USC. Um, what? Uh, yeah, I, honestly, because they're a top thirty team, I'm I'm pretty sure Utah is now a top thirty team. Oh wait, before before we go on, I would like to raise the topic while we're on West Virginia football currently. Okay, uh, I'd like to raise the topic. Guess who is top ten in PFF rankings? Garrett Garrett Green, Green. at nine, right? Yep. Yeah, I did see he's that. Above, I think I believe he's above Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, he's number two. You know, he's number two in rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, talk about uh, 
Shameless plug, Heisman season loading. Oh, but God, no. I mean, that's just my two cents. It's not happening, but... I mean, he is coming back next year. Yes, I think that was news, news today for the West Virginia faithful that Thank Garrett Green is coming back. He said, no, regardless of what program calls me, I'm 1,000% staying at West Virginia. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We love you, Garrett Green. <laughs> Shout out to Neil Brown, who could possibly win Big 12 Coach of the Year. He did not. He did not. not. Oh. Yeah, no. He didn't. Oh. Those are out now? It was Gundy. Well, he's, I, I can see that. He, that makes Oklahoma sense. State I like, was yeah. awful, that too, last sense. year. I like that pick. I respect that. But Neil Brown picked 14. Runner up. <laughs> and what did we end up? Six, fifth or sixth? Ended up fifth. Ball? I think it was fifth, yeah. Fifth? I'll take that. Better than 14. Hey. As, as, as over 500. That's and, all that matters. I mean, you, ta- you yeah. saw two AOA teams in Oklahoma State and West Virginia who were picked bottom change their game into an old school Run it in your mouth. Play Smash style. mouth, baby. Yep. Smash mouth football. And that's Penn State out. football right there. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. I just checked the rankings. We are sixth. Okay, yeah. That's what okay, I thought. Because Iowa State. Sixth in the nation? Iowa, no. Iowa State beat K-State on 35 plays. That's incredible. Oh. I didn't see that. They had 40-plus points on 35 plays. <laughs> wow. I but, mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of shouts on this poll, though. I mean, congrats to Liberty, man. 12-0. and 0. I mean, it's great to see... Not very talked about football programs get up in the rankings there. I, I like mean, it. Same with NC State. NC State's been in the, a little bit of the a uh, little bit of the slums recently. I mean, it's good to see them back. Yeah, shout out to JMU. Gets a, they get a bowl yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. Ab State is no joke. They almost beat UNC. Andrew, what do you have to say to that? Well, okay. So I know it's haha, funny, funny G five, but the Liberty and Tulane both playing for the um, New Year's Six bid sucks that JMU can't get it, but still meaningful like. You know, I get it's not college football playoff big, but like still a big game for Tulane and uh, uh, shoot the other one playing Liberty? for the Liberty yeah. playing for the New Year Six. Yeah, I mean for both of those programs though, it matters to them though. I mean, and obviously everyone around the country is still going to look at it. I mean, our, I mean for these underdog programs, there's a lot of people even outside those programs that are rooting for them to like get that uh new year six bid i mean just what it would do for their program would be like astronomical so i mean i obviously if you're either a fan of two of those programs you've got to be really excited yeah. of how your team's played this season yeah, especially, especially two lane because next year with the top 12 teams the top non-power five is an automatic spot yep. in the playoffs and that would yeah. be as of now depending on what happens is two lane so meaning they would be facing probably the best team in the playoffs i would guess yeah I mean, even I mean, even going away from the playoff poll. I mean, looking at the AP poll, Andrew, how do you feel about your hometown Toledo being twenty three? Oh, uh, they've had a good year. I'm um, interested about the MAC championship against Miami, Ohio, but um, <laughs> the better Miami, <laughs> <laughs> the real Oxford or whatever. Big, oh, the real Miami yeah, is what he said. Yeah, the real Miami, Big Miami, Ben, yeah. Big Ben University. Just the real Miami. Uh, that's a tough one for me to pick. I was never really UT fan. I was a BG fan between the two. And I don't like Miami, Ohio. I just feel that they're a boys' club school. So I, I wish both schools could lose. <laughs> Have a tie. Wow. Split the trophy in half. Well, coming from a guy uh, that ha- is an Akron fan, we don't we don't talk about football. It's on the basketball. That's that's what that's what we have in the in the MAC. Buddy, well, I'm a Purdue fan. The mid from I understand our team was bad, but at least we beat Indiana. That is completely different. We are talking about mid American football. Yeah, we're talking here. about oh, American mid American football. Kent State, uh, baby. Yeah. This is Mac ball, baby. Uh, this yeah. is UTEP ball. Baby. I would like to personally thank Kent State for giving us Beanie Bishop. Yes, I'd like to thank uh, UTEP for Aaron Jones. 
even though he sucks in fantasy. <laughs> Dude, get it together. <laughs> I mean, say that for the fantasy subject because we're getting yeah. down to the wire in that too. But, I mean, well, I mean, let's move on to some scenarios. So, obviously, what's going around here, I mean, from a lot of fans, is the chaos scenario. And I'm, I'm going go, to get into this here on how this could possibly oh work. So, it's Bama beating Georgia. I think it's Bama beating Georgia. I think Michigan still wins against Iowa. I think that's regardless. I mean, Iowa just have a chance. You know it, Andrew. Don't laugh at me like that. I mean, to, to, uh, don't laugh at me like that. Two to okay. nothing. Okay, let, two to nothing. Okay, safety. Let, let's do it. Let's do a very weird hypothetical scenario. Imagine uh, it, like the star players for Michigan's offense all tear their ACLs. Oh my god. JJ oh, McCarthy, both running backs, all the skill position players. Like, if Iowa wins that game, they're not. They're not. But if if Iowa wins that game, it's a complete hypothetical. What happens to Michigan's program? <laughs> they they might just get like, Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. It oh just, my, like, get eradicated. Oh my god! I mean, that's a way to look about it. I guess it's um, not. It, it, again, it's not happening. Yeah, no, that's definitely not well, happening. One can dream. There is a scenario. They stop Blake Corum. And JJ McCarthy plays like he did against Bowling Green. Oh, so they get like three pick sixes. Yeah, and yeah. it's like a, it's <laughs> yeah. like a seven to six win. Because if, oh, if Mi- yeah, like I said, once, Big Ten disaster. Once class. Michigan hits double digits, you can write it in the record. They're they're a Big Twelve champion. They're Big Ten. Big Twelve. Big, yeah, they're, <laughs> 12? They're, they're Big Ten. I would hate it if Michigan was in the Big Twelve. Oh, they're no. Big Ten champions if they score double digits. The point margin to get is ten. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. First to ten points win. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, but I think for the chaos scenario, let's see. I think it'd be Oregon beating Washington, and then Louisville beating Florida State, and then Louisville, obviously, crazy. obviously Texas winning. Where where would you see Louisville? I don't, that Louisville game is doable, but that's doable. But where would you see them? Top ten. Uh, yeah, I mean, aren't they like they're not fourteen? Yeah, top, yeah, it'd be top ten. That somewhere. pit loss hurt them so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Ew, I mean, it killed them. <gasps> but then I believe so. In this hypothetical, then. You would it'd be just absolutely everywhere. You would have we're gonna say Michigan. So Michigan at one because they'll win. Washington at two, and then what? Two spots for six, seven teams. Bama, Texas. It'd be so. Wait, in this scenario, Washington wins. Yes, we're okay. saying Washington wins, and then so it'd be Florida State and Georgia losing. So obviously, you got to put Bama in there somewhere. Only if Texas loses. Yeah. Only if Texas. Only loses. if Texas loses. Well, I mean, yeah, you'd have. Yeah, Michigan at one, Washington at two, and then you'll have two spots. Unless, are you keeping Georgia in there? Yeah. No. I would. No. They're dropping outside the top four for I me. Would. For I would. If they lose to Bama. I would yeah. put them at four. Because there'd be so many other better teams. Who would you, who would you put at three then? If Oregon? you're putting Georgia at four. It's either, it'd be Oregon. Uh, Sorry, sorry. What, what's the, so you it, said it, Florida State loses? Yeah. So it'd be, pro- I would think Michigan would at be, one. In my opinion, and this is going to be crazy, I'm going to say Texas loses just just to go off of it so we can put Alabama Ooh. on there. And Alabama could well, very well jump Texas if they knock off number one unbeatable Georgia. Yeah. I could, I, so to I, be fair, I could definitely see an Oklahoma State win. I can definitely see that. And I would put Michigan at one, as much of it hurts me to say. Michigan would be number one. <gasps> I would put Oregon at two. I would put Alabama at three, and I'd put Georgia at four. That's just how I would do it. Which would be mm. awkward, but I, I you gotta see respect that you gotta yeah. respect head to head in that see, yeah in that your scenario I get see, that a lot see this is gonna this is gonna pain me so I mean say what the scenario that we're going with is Oregon wins right then the, yeah the new right. scenario yeah so I mean you'd have to go Michigan at one uh wait 
Yeah, I put Michigan at one. I would. Mm. Oh yeah, cause strictly. I would of honestly say strictly because of record. Penn State and Ohio State are much more difficult opponents than Oregon State and Utah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, Michigan at one. I'd go Oregon at two. Uh, three. I would go with Bama, and four. I go Ohio State. You would ju- you would jump Ohio State in there. Yes, I would. Very interesting. Wow. I don't think they have a shot. Yes. Wow. Because I think if Washington loses to Oregon, they're like I think they take that sixth spot. If Texas loses, obviously that's Ohio State's spot to burn. And I mean, like we said, we're saying Louisville wins, right? Yeah. Ohio yeah. State have that four on lock I, for me. I know, I know undoubtedly that Ohio State is at least five. Ohio, which, well, which oh, yeah. pains you to even think about that. No. But they're undoubtedly number five. Uh, at could least. you imagine Michigan Ohio State in the in the semifinal? <sighs> That'd be horrible. I, know, I don't. I don't like it. Rematch. That's more pain. Well, that's more pain. Your system. Yeah. Mm. Just put just put Marvin Harrison at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throw it to himself. Yeah. I, I'd be fine with that. I mean, for Ohio State to get in, though, you, you need Florida State to lose, and then yeah. you want you want the favorites to win. You want Washington to be Oregon. You want Michigan to win. I thought Oregon was favored. They are favored, but you want Washington to win. I mean, higher uh, seating. Yeah, because yeah. of seating, you want Washington to win. So you want it, Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three, and then you need Florida State to lose, and then Texas to lose, and then that's Ohio State spot to get. I mean, that's the only scenario yeah. that'll work. Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of like it's it a very doable scenario. Yeah. Even if Texas ends up winning, if it's close, I would still say Ohio State, due to strength of schedule, has it. It depends on what the committee thinks about strength of schedule, and obviously our own uh, Ohio State's only loss comes to Michigan, which would be undefeated in this scenario, and that helps you exactly. But I mean. It, it's just going to be a very interesting way to see if that does end up happening. I mean, if Florida State wins, you got to put Florida State there. I mean, that's the truth. Oh, yeah. This would be the top four as it is if the top four went out, obviously. But, I mean, it, I don't think that's going to happen, though. There's going to be a surprise somewhere. It's not just all going to go out the plan. Just like Rivalry Weekend, for example. Every – what was it, like the top four or whoever with the rivalry games besides like Florida State were like close, one scores. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, conference championship weekend could be even crazier. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. Am I bold to say Michigan should have been number one this week? I would say a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just feel like looking at the stats, like all the like no. strength of record. That you know what? Stuff, the I, only, okay, actually. You know what? I'm actually going to agree with you on that one because that Georgia Tech game was so shaky that I think Michigan deserved that you one. Can, you can also include Auburn on there. Yeah. Oh wait, what? Yeah, Georgia barely beat all. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So I, I, I'm well, last yeah, week. I think what killed it for Michigan not being at one is that Maryland game before yeah. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. If they blew Maryland out, they'd be number one. I, I think. Yeah. I, I think Maryland is what killed that thought for them. But still, I mean, that number one. I mean, if Michigan, obviously, uh, it's Iowa. But still, I mean, if you blow them out hard enough. We've seen what blowouts can do for playoff rankings. Let's give it, for example, Ohio State against Wisconsin when we won the title with Cardale Jones. Wow. What a time to be alive. <laughs> come on, brother. Come on. <laughs> brother, please. <laughs> I'm laughing at Cardale Jones. Don't worry. Shut <laughs> Definitely. up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. What he said. What he said. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Ohio State won the title. We've seen what um, absolute – Annihilation can do to a ranking, yeah. But still, 
uh, it, the college football playoff, it's going to be very interesting to look at that final kind of uh, ranking from the committee. We're going to see what the committee does, and I'm going to be very curious to see how they end up ranking everybody and how the results will end out. Now, Gabe, I believe you have the list of the transfer portal news and updates that we have, and, and there's a lot of names Yeah, early. There's a lot of early names. I think the most interesting, I know Riley Leonard is the name on there. He honestly didn't have as great as a season as people. After that Clemson win, he kind of slowly uh, yeah, like, slowly went down. But, you know, DJ is the, what, an interesting name, but I think I know where he's going. I, I keep saying Michigan State because he's going to follow the coach. Yeah, we, I think we that's know a great players pick. love to do that. Uh, uh, Kayla Williams is a prime example of that. Definitely. But I think draft for DJ. I mean, hey, it's that, a very a stacked QB class. But, but like, I mean, I don't see him getting like having like a crazy, crazy season next year. Like, no, I, I mean, mean, I think it's probably his best option to go now. But still, I mean, this is the quarterback class from now and next year. I mean, it's next year. Yeah. I think won't be as strong of a QB class, and I think that's when you got to take well, yeah, your time and strike your next year. It's yeah. gonna yeah. be it's gonna be like Milrow and. Uh, bunch of other yeah. like, unless uh, honestly unless because there is still some potential that Caleb Williams stays another year I'm going to put that out there I'm not saying it's going to happen it's, but he's it's, still it's if the Bears get the one stop which they will so I mean Caleb Williams it's, is probably staying it's still uh, even though I would say DJ would be better off staying because it's still not as big of a class as it is this year um I, sorry, I actually have something to add on that Caleb Williams thing. There was an interesting thing that I read on CBS that if – now this is obviously completely hypothetical. It's about Caleb Williams, that Caleb Williams will enter the draft if Harbaugh is the coach for the Bears next year, if they end up getting rid of Eberflus, which, I mean, is a very big possibility because Harbaugh, honestly, right now with all the allegations, dipping out of the NFL, buddy, dipping out of the NFL. And I, and I know Cam's praying right now. He's like, please give us Jim Harbaugh. Please, please, please. We need wins. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, do you think, I mean, I know we're getting NFL right now, but while we're on topic, do you think they could trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb and it will work out? No, no. Good answer. That is. A good I do want to say something. I have made a bet. <laughs> oh, we're oh, talking. Oh, we're doing Okay. No, no, he needs to bring this up. I, no, let's yeah, talk this about is it. Relevant. I have made a bet and it will change the course of my life. If for two weeks, yes. If the Bears, oh no, what's that, Slim? <laughs> yeah, Slim. If the Bears draft Caleb Williams number one overall, Connor is going to personally bleach my hair. <laughs> and I mean, uh, with the with the, have you not heard about this, Andrew? <laughs> oh yeah, he hasn't with heard the, about with this, the absolutely yeah. horrid comments that you were making in Media Two Fifteen today. I said I was going to give you the Derek White hairline. No, <laughs> so like, I, so like you know, back back a few centuries. Give him the Monte Ginobili. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh well, no. I'm going to get a haircut, and then the day of the draft, if he doesn't get drafted, I'm going to thank my Lord and Savior. But if he does get drafted. Get the bleach ready. You you guys don't understand yeah. how crazy this is that Cam doesn't want Caleb Williams. And it's nothing. Me, OJ, and Connor, most definitely, I'm guessing Cam as well, all think he has bust material written all over him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I also don't like how he's very controlling right now in the way of, he. I want to play for this, this, and this. Bro, and want, wanna, bro wants want equity, this. whoever drafts Yeah, him. and it's like, yeah, I, I don't like that player. But this is coming from Cam, a guy who is single-handedly 
making Bill O'Brien look like a genius. <laughs> we did a mock draft. Oh. This man wanted Bo Nix first overall and Keon Coleman fourth overall. <laughs> Yeah, talk, keep that in mind. Talk about smoking something. Nico I mean, had to beg him to take Fashanu. Yeah, at, I mean at four. I I think it was three that he took Fashanu at, right? No, four. Four. This is dumb. I'm I'm very in. I'm very inclined to this. Washington and the Bears have the same record, but Bears who beat Washington socks off on Monday Night Football have the fourth overall pick due to quote unquote strength of schedule. Wow. I mean, that is fraudulent. Uh, I can pull out the schedule now because we play the Browns one game. Well, I mean, and uh, the Lions. And you guys are losing that game, by the way. I mean, yeah, okay. I, thi- I, think the, I think the narrative around Caleb Williams is definitely a little bit of a turnoff for a lot of teams. But, I mean, to be fair, my, uh, my glorious king, Jaden Daniels, would never do anything like that. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, both, <laughs> both of those guys in the combine will go crazy. Our last four games yeah. are the Lions, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Packers. I'm telling you all we right now. the Dolphins now, and the Cowboys. I'm telling you all right now. <laughs> and the 49ers. Do not be surprised if Daniels is taken in the top three. If he has a crazy combine, oh yeah, AR fifteen, AR AR fifteen. But I mean, he had way better of a season than Richardson had in college. Yeah. And I'll Richardson up, was so he was a very raw prospect. I'll pull up another out. name: Vernon Davis had a phenomenal combine. True, yeah. He had one of the best combines of all time. Yeah, but I mean, I can also occasionally throw in my John Ross, like I always do, to <sighs> make you mad. That <laughs> yeah, does make me mad. Yeah, uh, the the potential that man had, uh, strictly off of speed. But I mean, are we still talking about the transfer portal? I yep. Yeah, because okay. I forgot to mention my most interesting player. Um, I believe the most interesting player in this transfer portal so far, so far, because Cam Ward is not officially on there, mm-hmm. is Grayson McCall. And I say yeah. that because he's coming from Coastal Carolina, and like you've previously stated in other episodes, he has the all-time passer rating. He's Coastal Carolina. He's going to a big-time school. Not anymore. He officially has a chance to prove himself as a high-quality quarterback. And if he balls yeah. out at a Power 5 school, first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Potentially. Easily. Yeah. Easily. But, I mean, did we did we go over Dante Moore, too, from UCLA? Oh, you said the, the freshman? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. Interesting thing about him is he was almost an Ohio State commit. And I've seen some things around um, Columbus saying that we could potentially pick him up. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Well, I mean, you're, look, thinking, you're thinking about Cam Ward, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. If Cam Ward, if somehow, some way, he comes to Ohio State, and I said this before we started recording, if he finds if he finds a way coming to Ohio State, and by some miraculous way Harrison stays another year, it's still very no, no, no. it's possible. Both of the receivers are gone. Their 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 stocks way too high. It, it's still possible though. Because of his goals, I mean, it's always possible. But like, yeah, it, it's highly unlikely. But I mean, if that happens, I, you know, I think th- there. You know what? I th- that is an interesting point. I think if you guys end up making the playoff and get bounced in the first round, I think there is a very big chance that Harrison could come back. Oh yeah, like an unfinished business kind of. Thing. Absolutely. I mean, that's like the main thing. And then not winning against Michigan, he's wanted to do that in his career, hasn't been able to do that. Yeah. And obviously, winning a Big Ten championship was also something more of a goal of his as well and he didn't get to do that as well so i mean it's very curious and i mean depending on who gets slotted at what picks and draft and everything it's still very possible so i mean if those those two together wow that would be just lights out fire show i i would that is an ohio state fans dream mind you i don't really think that's happening but still we can dream yeah but i mean like 
will there be a little bit of like controversy with Aaron Nolan coming in? I think a little bit, but I'm part of the like. Let him develop. I want to develop yeah. him at least for a year. You and could, yeah, you could. I want to. Th- yeah, exactly. Redshirt him and throw him in the year after. I think that would be the yeah, smartest kinda, decision. Kind of like an Arch Manning kind of deal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But or what they should have done with Jureller. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like learn from you guys. And, yeah, learn, yeah. Learn from Franklin. Yeah. Well, learn from Penn State as always. But still, I mean, there's still a lot of very interesting names in the transfer portal. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke is on there. Uh, Blake Shapin from Baylor is yep. also on there. Will yep. Howard is from on Kansas, there. From yep, State. that's an interesting Texas name. Texas Tech starting quarterback also on there. Tyler, uh, I always mess up his name, but saw like Sove or Shav or something like that. Um, Purdue's top one of their top two receivers is in the transfer portal. Um, you've got Waylick Brown, who was a highly recruited wide receiver. USC is leaving, and due to the firing of Tom Allen at Indiana after a horrid year, four out of the five starting offensive linemen have transferred. <laughs> I mean, funny thing no about yeah, interesting thing about that though is guess who is the new Indiana head coach? Former JMU head coach. He's going to Indiana. And guess what that means? JMU players are going to go with him. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That defense could potentially be very eye-opening to start next year. Oh, yeah. That's definitely... It's weird to think about saying that Indiana would be a team to look out for. But, like, with with the new head coach coming and with the... Obviously, there's going to be a lot of players transferring, like the Deion Sanders situation. Not as, not nearly as much mag, uh, magnetism as like Deion Sanders has it's, coming in as your coach. But I mean, they're definitely going to follow him, especially after the season that JMU's had. They're they're going to follow him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Deion's going to bring in a lot of transfers. Uh, I see Will Rogers, who, if for some of you don't know, Mississippi State, almost a hundred career touchdowns. He will transfer due to coaching changes. Um, some Michigan State players. Nah. Every Michigan State quarterback on the roster, yeah, I yeah. believe. Yep. Brendan uh, Shoyby, Indiana quarterback, is transferring. Nate Johnson, Utah quarterback, is transferring. I don't really... I'm not going to be rude. I'm just going to sound rude, but I don't really care about Nate Johnson. I care that it says under it that Cam Rising is returning for a seventh year. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's what I care about. He's coming back just to lose to Penn State in another bowl game. I am a freshman. At, I am a freshman at WVU, and I have a very high possibility of seeing me and Cam Rising being graduating at the same at uh, the same year. <laughs> the same time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But uh, do we want to do we want to head into Heisman? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's. I mean, uh, or the three man race we yeah. should call this. N- I mean, NFL is probably going to be pretty short. We really need to talk about Heisman this week. Yes, yeah. def- definitely. And I, everybody, everybody who's yes, a yes. everybody yes. who's a listener yes. of this podcast knows my guy. But I mean, I now have even more stats. Oh my god! Oh, it's a football podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, but I I want to say something so bad. What would you like to say? Start off with it. It's I'm gonna have a lot of quacks. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of quacks. Yeah, quack. It's, it's gonna be like quack 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 quack. <laughs> but I'm just gonna put this in light terms um quit saddling him now if you know what i mean by that (laughs) (laughs) i love Jaden daniels i think he deserves it eight and three is not a shabby record he's a top 15 team and he's absolutely carrying that nine and three three, absolutely carrying that lsu team their defense has been (laughs) god awful and he's still winning games i think he deserves it just because he's been that good bo nix though i wouldn't be upset if he did win it yeah I mean, that's really, 
I don't think... Especially if he beats Washington. Yeah, me personally, I mean, I think it's a two-man race. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously, if Penix, if Penix wins that game, I think Daniels has it locked. Because I think Knicks is his really only competition competition. Obviously, Penix has had an amazing season. Minus but against I think, Arizona's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think Knicks is his real competition. I think the only person he has to worry about in that race is Bo Nix. And I mean... Like I said before in this in this episode, I mean he is the best true passer in college football, like by a mile. I mean to be fair, he is like what twenty two, twenty three years old. He's he's got a little more experience under oh, his yeah. belt, but I mean, better better skills come with more experience. I mean he's been around college for a while. I think I wouldn't be mad if Bo Nix wins it, but I the stats for Jaden Daniels on my end, I mean this. When I think of Heisman, I think of the person that's most... It's kind of like the MVP. I think of who's the most valuable to their team. LSU might be 4-8 and eight without Jaden Daniels. And that's kind of... I mean, like 5-7 and seven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's saying something. That Like, that's kind of an understatement. Like, this man completely carries this team. He's got over 5,000 all-purpose yards this year, over 50 total touchdowns. And I mean, when you think about it, what do you think of a quarterback doing to lift up their players? Do you think of that as an MVP caliber player? If they lift up their players and they make them better. I know what Kirk Cousins uses. You <laughs> <laughs> will not be referencing that commercial. Um, <laughs> but when you think of MVPs, you think of people that lift up their teammates. And I mean, what better to lift up their teammates than most likely the Bolitnikov, Malik Neighbors. It's either him or Harrison. But I mean... To be fair, I think it's probably going to be neighbors, but it's a two horse race. It's not going to a Dunze. It's e- it's either neighbors or Harrison. Well, if you're going off the bias of who carries their team more, it's Harrison. It's Harrison. It's Harrison. Yeah, that's very true. He Thank you. Single handedly made Kyle McCord on draft boards. That's true. Exactly, yeah. he's right. But I mean, a Blitnikoff finalist. I mean, that's. That doesn't take it lightly. I mean, even if he doesn't win the award, I think Harrison deserves it just as much as Neighbors does. But we're not talking about the Bolitnikov. Yeah. I think if you're a quarterback and you are in the Heisman race and you lift up your your not opponents, your teammates, as well as Jaden Daniels does, he makes this offense look like it fires on all cylinders every single play. Well, isn't he putting up better numbers than what Burrow did in college? Yes, he did. And I mean, what I talked about before, the passer rating thing. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to know his passer rating right now? Two oh eight. Two oh eight. That is six points better than anyone in history, which is Joe Burrow and the what was it? Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the stats don't lie. I've got Jaden Daniels out of these three quarterbacks has the toughest strength of schedule. Only be only in front of Bo Nix, but Jaden Daniels has faced six top fifty defenses, and his stats in the games are as follows. Total offense, 2,346 yards and 19 total touchdowns. He's got 1,800 yards passing and 16 touchdowns through the air and 540 rushing yards and three touchdowns, all against top 50 opponents. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. And I mean, Bonex has only played two, but I mean, he balled out against those teams. He's not a rushing quarterback, but 615 yards and four touchdowns in two games, that's great for top 50 defenses. But I mean... I just don't think there's any way. If you're including record and you're including team success, obviously Bonex deserves it. 
Well, that's. I mean, that's what they're gonna do at all. I mean, as yeah. unfortunate as it is with Daniels putting up these amazing stats, I mean, I really think that if it really didn't come down to record, it would have been Daniels. Yeah, and it should have been. But I really think it's. I mean, it depends if say if Knicks doesn't look as really good this game, they still could give it to Daniel. It still could be possible. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this list that I saw uh, for quarterback prospects. Oh God. Um. So Caleb Williams is one, obviously. Um, Drake May is two. Okay, but by the way, Bo Nix and Michael Penix are not on this list, which is absolutely incredible to me because the only reason that you can put Drake May up there is pro readiness. Bo Nix is way more pro ready than Drake May. Yep. He, I mean, he's older, but I mean, with age comes experience. Is it, is yep. it going off potential? Like I, I, I don't see, know. I can see Drake May having higher potential. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not even done yet. Number three, Shadur Sanders. Again, I can see him having higher potential, but as a player, then Daniels. Yeah, um, JJ McCarthy's on the list over these people. Oh, never mind. I think <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who made this list? Uh, Field Yates. All right. Yeah. Uh, he deserves to be fired for this. <laughs> that's all I have to. That's all, I don't even have to say anything about. Yeah. That. yeah. Oh no. This is coming from the guy who said the number one running back prospect is Marshawn Lloyd. <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. Who is Marshawn Lloyd? I, know. I didn't know until they said USC, and I was like, Oh, it's USC's running back. Yeah. He's above. <laughs> Where's Donovan Edwards? Um. <laughs> Blake Corum is two. Jonathan Brooks is three. Braylon Allen is four. Who's Braylon Allen? Wisconsin. Okay, I know oh. Andrew's gonna have a fit over that. <laughs> Braylon Allen is Braylon Allen is going to be a high second round pick. Mark right. my words. He is 19 years old and he rushed for over 3,000. Oh, is that who yards. that is? Yes, yeah, Wisconsin's he, running back. He's going back. into yep. the draft right now, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I've yeah. always I've always compared him to Jonathan Taylor. He's a day two pick. He. It's like the uh, it's like the Jonathan Brooks to uh whatever um. Bijan. Bijan, yeah. yeah. Sorry, no, his, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of his name. It's like that comparison. It's like Jonathan Taylor to Braylon Allen. He's he, 19. He's so young. And 19. His, I, I kid you not, he might have the best ball carrier vision in the draft. Oh, yeah. I th- Honestly, I think if he shows out at the combine, he's elite first. By a mile. Just because of the fact, one, he's 19, and two, he is an absolute beast in the backfield. But Travion Henderson is five. Where's Audrey Gastame? It's a great question. Where is he? I'd rank him. I'd rank him over Henderson. Yeah. Will Shipley? Yeah. Will Shipley fell off. Yeah. Will Shipley did. Single ten also kind of didn't live up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, It happens. Yeah. But some of these lists are terrible. But I mean, we got a a little off track. But (laughs) I just had to throw that out there. Oh yeah. Jaheim will be on there. Jaheim will be on there. That dude is nice. Imagine if Jaheim was like Donaldson size. Oh my. You know what? You know what? You know what? I kind of fear. If Jaheim White takes over the backfield so much, will Donaldson transfer? Yes, transfer? he will. He, I'm thinking that. That is a big, pretty, that's a pretty big It would be year. worth it, though. Of like DJ, it would be worth it, yeah. This is the question. You got to think of CJ Donaldson as Gus Edwards, and then you got to think of yeah, Jaheim going, White as Darren Spoles. Yeah, he's going into his junior year. Which one would you so, rather I mean, have? This is one of, one of two make-or-break years. So, I mean... We thank CJ Donaldson for his contributions <laughs> to the program. Absolutely, but saying that we love the, we love CJ. We, we, we love, love CJ. Yeah, but he, he, he is a dog. Su- it would suck to see. I him would transfer. love to have, and he's not like he's not getting. He, oh, he's no, still he getting get, more carries. He gets he gets he gets a lot of touches. But yeah. I mean, like, 
obviously with the uh, with the yardage that Jaheim Jaheim White's putting up, you have to he think he's going to be F- RB one. He leads FBS in yards per carry. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's let's yeah. wrap it up. Let's, let's go to NFL. Yeah, let's go to NFL here. Obviously. I mean, any of us can really start. I think you want to start, Cameron. Shout out to ruining the tank. I'm done. <laughs> well, that's a I way. am. How do you have four picks and no touchdowns? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Hey, I mean, Jalen Johnson, though. Jalen Johnson Jaylen, looks good I in love, I, I, I love Jalen Johnson, but come on. Jalen Johnson will be gone. Please. Yeah, he's he's gonna go to a like mid mid to high tier team. Hey, Montez Sweat's paying off. He is. Yeah. yeah. You had every opportunity to score a touchdown. And you said no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You know? Do you want to know who the NFC Special Teams Player of the Month is? Zakairo Santos. Yeah. He had four yeah. field goals. He had all your points of the month. Of the month. Of the month. Of the month. Wow, man's killing it. This is. That's crazy. Second straight year of, uh, we had a Monday night football you, game with all field goals. How do you feel, <laughs> how do you feel about Sly not being there? Sly is awful. <laughs> he hits 160 yard and everyone forgets that his career field goal percentage at Washington is like under 75. Listen, but Jeez. Tressway, baby. Tressway is a god himself. The last thing I will you, say is that the Bears ha- no longer have a primetime game. Clap it, up. Yes. Clap it up. Clap it up. I will finally be watching primetime football. <laughs> you know, the only reason, Some sense of joy. The only reason they have so many primetime games, Roger Goodell is a genius for this, and I don't like Goodell, but he is a mastermind for this. Nobody watches Bears games. So this is how he gets money from Bears games. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you get all the money from them is put them on primetime. why he's playing the Falcons so much in London. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's Dude, someone genius. do something that, with Arthur Smith. And Jacksonville. Oh. Jacksonville's mainly stuck in London. Jacksonville's much watched TV now. Oh, yeah. Uh, That'll do uh, it. Technical difficulties. Yes. Apologies. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. My, loves to give me work on, on my Thursdays. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. It's my favorite thing to do. No, but Andrew, we can obviously do both of this. Together. You want me to do it? All right. Uh, great. Okay. So, <laughs> obviously, I was coming home from break um, during the Browns-Denver Broncos game. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch in the car. I have it on my phone. Fox is on. I'm just enjoying the game. And then we got destroyed. End of story. We got destroyed. Yep. DTR is hurt. Miles Garrett is hurt. Cooper is hurt. Um, insert any star player's name here, and he's hurt. Um, so Ward is hurt. hurt. He's yeah, been he hurt. Said that. And oh, you sorry. have been served by Mr. 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 Unlimited. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Do you guys know Denzel Ward? No, he was out. He was out Denver. Oh my god. Yeah, he had an injury against the Pittsburgh game. He went from Mr. Limited to Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, these past five games, he is Mr. Unlimited. Wait, wait. wait. Does this mean it's- Joe Flacco? Yes. yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Yep. You guys you guys have been served a nice hot and ready danger witch, courtesy of Subway and Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh God. Uh, thank you. Though. Thank you for flipping me the bird, Andrew. I needed that. That made my day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we I mean we need this game against LA. Let me let me read you off the Browns injury report. My favorite looking at the past couple weeks now. Betonio was limited in practice. Um let me look. Cooper was Back at practice, thank God. That so probably means we'll get Cooper, and we don't lose him. Thank God. Um, let's see, Garrett. No, I'm still not practicing with his shoulder. We're still gonna think he he will play, but still, it's a very touchy subject. We're not really quite sure. I'm not really gonna go into it. There's not much anybody really knows about it. 
Uh, Hunt was limited. Then Joku was back at full, which is nice to see. Taki was full, which he is uh, Walker's replacement, who I believe is Walker back. Let me take a look. No, he is DNP. So I'm going to assume Walker will be out again. Ward has not practiced yet. Thornhill is limited. So it's very, we have a lot of injuries is, is my main point with this. And going up against InSofi, which is kind of like a mini home game, a little bit, a, a little, little bit, bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Browns fans travel very well. Dustin what, Hopkins masterclass. I, I love Dustin Hopkins. I hate Dustin Hopkins. Pro Bowl <laughs> season incoming Dustin Hopkins. Now he decides to be a yeah. kicker. He couldn't have done that five years ago. We only had him for half his career. Yep. I, I, I'm sorry, we had him for 80% of his career. Exactly. And I'm glad we're getting him now. I am a Dustin Hopkins for the Pro Bowl. Um, I am a sponsor of that. I'm, I'm hoping it'll happen. Doubt it. But I'm, I'm hoping. Um, but still, this is a must-win game against L.A. I mean, we're going up against then after L.A. Our next two games are Jacksonville and Houston. That's ugly. Fire. Yeah. I mean, Have fun. I mean, Jacksonville's at home. I mean, yeah, the, if, the, if the weather's trashy, we'll find a way to win, hopefully. And yeah, we're, we're, get getting clown, we're getting clown for getting beat by C.J. Stroud. Have fun. Have fun playing against well, well, I mean, we have it's a not de- easy to we have a de- we have a defense, and you guys lost to Kenny Pickett. So I mean, oh well, yeah. To be fair, they had the ball a lot because Jake Browning <laughs> Me part- sucks. You let Pat Firemuth turn into like Tony Gonzalez. Yes. Yeah. Me personally, I'm not losing to Kenny Pickett. But that's just me. <laughs> You guys don't even play Kenny Pickett. I know, I know I'm not taking heat from a Bears fan. Yeah, I mean, wow. you're kind of the one guy at this table who can't talk much. Buddy, Buddy's last Super Bowl was, like, before the Cowboys. 85. Yeah. No, no. We, we went, well, we went to a Super Bowl when we played Manning. You still lost. Yeah, the, yeah, Cow- the, still lost, the Cowboys have a more recent Super Bowl than you. Win. Oh, win, okay. We're yeah, talking. Win. Yeah, we're talking about Super Bowl win. wins here. I think my, win. even my team's last Super Bowl was Doug Williams? Yeah, like yeah, 90, oh, yeah. was it what ninety five? I think it was ninety three or 90. it was like it was like mid nineties. Mid nineties, yeah. See, that was before my lifetime. I've watched three playoff games and they've all been disastrous, <laughs> except <laughs> one. Taylor Heineke, my lord in the state. I'm looking yeah. this up right now. I'm curious, but yeah, um, Taylor, I got, Taylor Heineke's deer in headlights costume was great. But yeah, you guys, I mean, the nineteen ninety two. Yeah, so oh, like that's a year right yeah. yeah. I was off by a year. Yeah, I was off by a lot. Uh, but I'll, I'll end mine off pretty quick. I mean, Cleveland needs this win. This is like, honestly, this Rams game is one of our tougher-ish remaining teams on our schedule because then we we end off the year then with Chicago, a Cincinnati team without Burrow, which is our last week, and then, what, did I mention the Jets yet? No. I don't think I did. The Jets, who most likely will not have Aaron Rodgers. So that is a guaranteed win That's, in Cleveland. Oh, lucky you. Thursday night football. Guess who he's scheduled to return against. You guys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice warm-up game for him to return. No, I mean he. I mean he said though. I mean two of the f- big factors are his he- are going to obviously be his health and the Jets playoff change, which is like point one percent. I'm sorry, John. You probably don't want to hear that. Sorry, but I, I call BS on him tearing his Achilles. No, it's just uh, I don't know what hoodoo voodoo deal with the devil he's made over there. <laughs> I don't know if he kissed a frog and it turned Bro, into a got- pra- like I, I. I don't know what he's doing over there. Hey, got, hey, got- it's working. He got Kobe's a doctor when he tore his Achilles as well, and that then is just Kobe was still out for like that, I mean, nine months. To be fair, I mean, Ro- is, yeah, Ro- counts as a speedy recovery for that injury. Yeah, I mean, what Rogers did, he he tried some like revolutionary different surgery. 
So he's he's the first to try it. Yeah. Apparently. He's he's, Aaron Rodgers. So he's got a bamboo a, 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 a baboon's Achilles in his heel. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a way to go about it. I mean Aaron Rodgers it, with his voodoo magic. Voodoo, coming in handy. I'm telling you, if I go into his house and I lift up the carpet and I see some weird symbols. You see a pentagram, yeah. <laughs> I know what I know why he he'll, he'll pass away at fifty. <laughs> oh my gosh, Aaron but, Rodgers Illuminati confirmed. Oh Jesus Lord! Uh, but uh, which one of you guys next want to take over? I, your go, teacher I got big news. Go for it. Yeah, Washington has fired their defensive coordinator, Jack Delia. Oh, all right. Do you do you want Instagram? What Andrew? No, 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 no. no, no. What? What? I'm just trolling. Okay, oh, I was about to say thirty okay. second, thirty second ranked <laughs> defense. All right, Gabe, thirty do you, seconds. Do you by any chance follow the account uh, Womanders no, on I do, Instagram? I, I do not. Oh, a, every time they play football, there are so many memes that come out, and it is a picture of cover three, and it says, "Here comes Jack Del Rio." <laughs> <laughs> no. Every time they get scored on, and then it's like Emmanuel Forbes just got cooked. We and have it's like dancing. We had to begin the year one of the best defenses on paper. Minus on paper. On paper. <laughs> We had a stacked secondary on paper. We had a stacked defensive line, not even on paper. That thing was was on oh was scary. And you have a first round rookie who's coming into his strides, and Jamin Davis. And you're the thirty second ranked defense. And I have scrolled down and I have looked and big on my screen that Stephen A. Smith does not like this firing. He has the worst defense back-to-back year, or potentially back-to-back years. His son is like the linebacker coach for God knows what other than it's his son. Um, like, this is horrid. And now Ron Rivera has taken over defensive coordinator position, which I'm not opposed to. He was he, he was pretty decent at Carolina on defensive-wise. I mean, Luke Keekley, he, he, he turned Josh Norman good for one year. I mean... That's pretty hard to do, so I'll give him <laughs> his props. <laughs> but that Dallas game, I've got Dak Prescott eating chicken legs in the fourth quarter. Or not chicken legs, turkey legs. Yeah. That was horrid. Horrid. Over, we had over, I think it was like over 300 yards, 350 yards offense, fewer than one turnover, and less than three sacks allowed. And we lost the game. We were the first team in NFL history to do that. Oh, CBS stats. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a master class of disaster. I'm convinced CBS hates the commanders. And the record is even worse. Not like we're four, the four and eight. We don't even get the fourth round pick due to strength of schedule. So I guess head to head doesn't mean anything. I mean,. Look at this remaining schedule. The Dolphins. And that's worse. Even though the Dolphins have not beat a team over 500, Dolphins are the number one team in big-time plays and big-time touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Washington is by far, and I, I'm not even kidding about this. They are by far, statistically, and if you watch the game, <laughs> Dallas ran a four-vertical offense. Their first three passes were 25-plus yard bombs to Brandon Cooks. Dak Prescott overthrew him twice, and he caught one. And what does Jack Del Rio do? It's third down 11. What cover play three. does he come up with? No, it's not even cover three. We're going to cover one hole with an extra linebacker oh. down the middle on the blitz. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave Benjamin St. Juice out there to die against C.D. Lamb and see what happens. Oh, he catches like 10 catches in a row. No freaking hole. But he was so bad. But the remaining schedule is legit. The Dolphins. The Rams, which the Rams, but knowing the second day, Puka Nakua and um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yep. Tyron Cooper Williams Cup. Is Tyler yep, Higby is absolutely going to cook the linebacker core. And then Aaron Rodgers, potentially. 
49ers, and Dallas. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, what a way to end the year. <laughs> to be fair, when I know I know we just mentioned the Cowboys, uh, just they still haven't beaten a team over five hundred. No, so tonight Wa- Washington and the Eagles are the only teams to beat a team over five hundred, and Washington beat the Broncos when they didn't know how to play football. So I don't really count that game. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, this Thursday. I mean tonight is their chance to prove to the league that they're not frauds. I, know, I mean, but they they just beat up on bad teams. I mean, the Commanders are definitely one of those. The contract year for Commanders is horrid. I looked at it. Oh. They're losing every single linebacker. They're losing half their defensive line. They're losing three-fourths of their secondary. What are they supposed to do? There's literally yeah. nothing. Tressway is the only long-term player on this team. Best punter in the league. Yeah, I mean, he, you got to lock up those guys. He literally has a hat that says no way. No, it was like... Gang, no lame. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh God. I'll bring out the ducks for that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Connor, end us off on the NFL. I'll end us off with the Cincinnati Bungles, and we're back. We're back, baby. Um, we took a little hiatus from sucking uh, for a couple years, and now we're back. Um, we've got a little injury report. Uh, Trey Hendrickson and Cheeto Awuzie both did not play in practice today. Uh, that is killer because they're like two of our biggest playmakers. Um, obviously, Cam Taylor Britt's been lights out. Um, coming off of a loss to the Steelers, I want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> it is terrible. I mean, <laughs> how did I? Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett with, with with Canada gone, they found their stride. Yeah, somehow, oh, wow, some way. Wow, they scored 16 points and they still won. <laughs> Dude, they're, I, I, I'm telling you, take TJ Watt out of that defense, they're below 500. Obviously. We know this. We, oh, we know that. That's been known. Mm, but I like. Minka, Minka. Minka. Dude. Minka. Yeah, maybe if Minka wasn't lighting people up. Like, ugh. People say Logan Wilson 30. Look at Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka actually- Fitz, Fitzpatrick is the. is. Pennsylvania's Vontez Perfect. Logan Wilson makes football plays. He does make football plays. What are you supposed... He legit tackled him, yeah, chest, although- chest pad to the back, tackled him from okay. behind, and his ankle just happened gonna, to slip under him. I'm going to take a little mini rant here. Oh, my God. These Baltimore Ravens fans, he's coming after Lamar. Ooh, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. Why don't you gain a few pounds, buddy? It's football, not baseball. You know he gave up Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> You're throwing a ball, not hitting one, dummy. So why don't you bulk up and get a life? <laughs> Everybody from Baltimore, we know it's rough out there in Baltimore. Maybe Lamar needs to step out of the stadium district. No, no, no he does not want to do that. Brian Robinson knows why. That is very <laughs> true, yeah. Brian Robinson. That's very uh, true. Brian if Robinson guys, knows very well why you yeah. do not step outside Baltimore. If you, yeah. if, you guys, if you guys ever go to Maryland, just stay away from Baltimore at all costs if you can. I've been to M&T Bank Stadium. It's a nice stadium. But dude, you go, two, you go two <laughs> steps. You go two steps out of there. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's bad. Coming from a man who's been to Baltimore, there's only one safe place in Baltimore. That is called Little Italy. Other than that, you might get shot down. Yes, I mean, buddy, buddy, Lamar. If, if you're gonna cry, or if your fans are gonna cry, mm, he's so small and fragile. Gain a few. It's football. At least he's not it's football, s- not ballet. At least he's not in Southeast DC. Ballet. That's very true. I mean, 
But the, these Ravens fans, I mean, stop complaining. You're first in the division, and you still find stuff to complain about. They're first in the conference now. They're first in the conference now? Even better. Stop complaining. Take your stuff while you have it. Because, I mean, Lamar's probably going to tear his ACL. At you know, Marlon Humphrey's going to be DMP we, by Because we know these quarterbacks don't last. These quarterbacks are so fragile. Yeah, it's, you, it's not, it, you can't keep it up for that long. That's an Andrew quote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need more pocket passers. I mean, no. Stop. If you, You've been on an ACL rant recently. Yeah, What's you, that, five okay. ACLs now? Yes. I've wow. got... I've got a little message before I end this off for Ravens fans. All right. If you don't want Lamar to get hurt, tell him to sit on his couch. It's football. He's going to get tackled. Logan Wilson can come in and have a big hit. Wow, it's almost like that's his job. It's almost like that's what he's getting paid to do. He's getting paid to lay people out. If Lamar can't handle it, play a different sport. Simple enough. They would not. We will see you next week. I hate the Bengals. Jake Browning, please leave the football conference. They just need to toughen up. <laughs> you suck. Wow. I've, I've seen the quote on Instagram more times than I can count. It's Tom about Brady. The, it's about the XFL. No, it's about the XFL. But really? Yeah. It's like, is this not the XFL? <laughs> yes, it is. Do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let's play. I mean, wow. What, what, a, what a way to end off the NFL segment. We're going to go into fantasy real quick. Gentlemen, there are two weeks remaining left in the fantasy season before the playoffs. But that's not what we're – we don't care about the playoffs. We care about not being last. Um, new people who are joining us, uh, the loser of the fantasy league is going to Waffle House for 24 hours, and each Waffle, what, takes off 15 minutes? Is that what we do? 15? Holy crap. That was 45. That's yeah. 15, that could feed a village. <laughs> <laughs> that is not wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. 45. I We haven't even talked about that in weeks. I totally forgot. Yep, 45 minutes. Um, so definitely we are all keeping an eye out on our teams. Um, I had a very close, very, very close, came down to Monday night, uh, fourth quarter, and where Chicago got the win, and I got a win against James, who had Minnesota's defense. And I somehow won by like a point. I'll take it because I think it guarantees me that I'm not going to be in the Waffle House. That is all I have to say. I'm not in the Waffle House. It's great days around here. Uh, it is official. You're mathematically, everyone's mathematically out except Ian and Dom. You know, uh, that, yeah. they play each other, so they're yep. mathematically. It's yeah. mathematically. I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. close, but like, because they play each other. Dom and Ian play each other. So no matter what happens. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. No matter what. No matter what happens, it's between them two. It's officially a two-man race to the bottom. I thought it's point differential. Nope, nope. That's for tiebreaker. That's for tiebreaker. Well, I mean, to be fair, if Ian wins and Dom and Ian both win their next week, I'm tied with them in record if I lose out, but I'm still 250 points above. But they can't, yeah, you're fine. They can't, yeah. One of them can't win out because they boast each other. Yeah. I am that's extremely... No, Dom, Dom doesn't need to win out. Dom's Dom at needs five to go one, one Yeah. Yeah. So, so they could all... Ian, all three of you could finish with six wins. Yeah, technically, yeah. That means I would lose because I think I have the least amount of points because I scored 60 you'd twice. Al- you'd also have to lose out. Yeah. You, no. You'd have to. Ian has it. you beaten what least points scored. Oh, thank yeah. God. I, I've, scored, I've scored 60-something twice. You know that, right? I think yes. I scored 67 and 65. Oh, yeah. I, I, I dropped 153 points this week and it's lost. lost. Yeah. Kyrie, I, I, I've been saying it all year. Once Kyron Williams comes back, my team's going back up. Kyron Williams, 40 points. Where did this – I mean, I know he came from Notre Dame, but like – where did he come from? Like, 
thank you. Thank you, Kyron Williams, for being my one of many waiver wire pickups. Uh, Nico Collins, uh, half my team, uh, Gus Edwards. Uh, CJ Stroud, yep. uh, my entire starting lineup. Exactly. Deontay, yep. Deontay Foreman got you 35 one yes, game. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Thank you, Chicago, for that. Yeah. That was uh, great. I pulled off one of the greatest wins of my career. I beat Andrew Metzger. <laughs> and you want to know why? Because I had four players playing on Thanksgiving. That's crazy. Does that help you a lot? I am safe. I am second in leadership, but I am not Waffle House, and that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, pretty much all of us are safe. Yeah, none of us can barring get Barring something absolutely insane. Um, barring so Yeah, again, barring something absolutely insane. It's legit if the only way all of you are safe except me, I'd have to lose out, Ian would have to win out, and Ian would have to score like 300 points, and I would have to score like no, a total Ian, of like 100. Ian would have to outscore me by 260. That This is me, though. Oh, you? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh do you have less points than me? Connor, I've scored over I've scored over a hundred half my games. Oh, so I'm pretty much safe. <laughs> like I have oh, put, what is that? We played twelve games. I'm pretty sure six or seven of them I've scored under hundred. The difference between you two is an eighty point differential. Oh jeez. Okay. okay. I, maybe I'm scoring more than I thought I did. Connor leads it by eighty points. Yeah. That's why I'm above him right now. And yeah. then Dom and Ian are separated by fifty four points. I mean, if we're getting technical, Austin should be the we, Waffle House, we, but he's not a part. We of already it. know what happens if Ian scores over ninety points. Dom's losing. Yeah, Dom is yet to beat anyone yeah. who scored over ninety points. Every single win, someone has scored it under is. ninety points. It's the toilet bowl. It, uh, we're talking about bowl season. It's, this is the toilet bowl in fantasy. Yep. Andrew, you have any last thoughts before we end it? I mean, I lost whatever on to the next week. So oh. This was somebody's Super Bowl. Bill, I, <laughs> I would like to shout <laughs> out. Oh, the Spencer Rattler quote. Ugh. I would like to shout out Josh Dobbs. Cringe. I trusted the astronaut. <laughs> Four picks. I've seen better. I've seen better spacing by Apollo thirteen. I am so serious. Wow. My man had negative five and a. <laughs> my he had negative five and a half halfway through the fourth oh, quarter. Up. How do you? How do you do that? Well, I mean, to be fair, if you watch the game, well, I, I'm pretty sure only half of those picks were his fault. A lot of them were tips. He still freaking threw it in the coverage. Well, yeah, but like it would be great if Jordan Addison could put his hands out and catch. I know he has no hair. Same, same I didn't know KJ he didn't Osborne. have eyes. <laughs> same, I mean, same with Osborne and same with uh, Hawkinson dropped a crucial one. But like that is the entire reason that the Vikings no lost. No wonder this man has been passed around. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> And on that note, I think this is where we are going to end it for today's great episode. Obviously, um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. The support has been insane. I mean, through 11 episodes, I mean, mean, honestly, none of us would think we would be where we are right now. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in, supporting. Um, Check out the socials. Uh, We'll leave them in the Spotify. Uh, We'll leave them around everywhere so you'll find a way to check out our content. We'll post um, exclusive little shorts and everything of our great rants. I bet a couple of these will be on sooner or later. But that does it for everybody here. Or we got one more? talk about next week. Connor. What? It's turning 19 today. Oh, yes. Nasty 19 today. Hey. No, we're not singing. We're not singing. We are not singing. We're short on time. No, no. Make sure, okay, okay, make sure if you guys are listening to us right now to tune into next week. We will be having an absolute heater for you guys. Oh, we, since it's a little bit of a down week, we are going to be starting the first of our probably many installments in the future of Deep Dives. I will be hosting the Deep Dive. 
We won't tell you what it is. On the career of a very problematic wide receiver. And I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're an avid NFL fan, you know exactly who we're talking about. Business will be booming next week. Yes, it will. We will be putting it on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anybody else? Any other final thoughts Uh, we got going on? No. That's up. All right. Awesome. Everyone, thank you for listening in and tune in to next week where we will have our great deep dive as we just mentioned it'll be our last episode before our Christmas break we'll have one left and Hanukkah yeah next week next week yeah yeah and then that's yeah. it and Hanukkah cause we start the week we have yeah, this yeah, week yeah. next week and then week after that oh me and him are leaving oh I'm leaving yeah. the 8th yeah. Yeah, me and oh, him are, yeah. I forgot that I live like a mile out yeah you're a business mile out oh business is booming for sure so Absolutely, everybody. Make sure, obviously, great Thanksgiving wishes from all of us here as well. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And I think without any other barring final announcements, that'll be it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and see you next week. Happy holidays, y'all.